Hi, Mike. Hey. How are you? I am doing well. That's great to hear. So let me get Joe and Kirk on. I can't see Kirk. I see Kirk. Okay. Uh, I just need Joe and add. <clears throat> and then we should be squared away. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Hola, señores. Hey. Buenos dias. How's How it going? How is everybody? Good. Over here, good, it's good, uh, good. hailing. It's rainy and a gloomy day and hailing. Oh. How big's the hail? Not big. We had one of those golf ball days you always heard about growing up, but I'd rarely seen <clears throat> maybe yeah. a month ago, and they were huge. I'd never seen <laughs> hail like that. Yeah, we got we had one of those a year or two ago, and it did so much damage. Like, it just, it put holes. You know how, like, if you have furniture outside that's that plastic? Yep. It, it like, literally punched through it. Like, and we had, like, storage cushions in, in a, another Tupperware-type thing, and it punched through that. That's we had crazy. to get a new roof. We had to get new, almost everything except for paint. I remember when that happened, Mike. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, wow. I was just inside the house, and I, it sounded crazy. And then the next day, uh, well, maybe two days later, my nieces uh, had a picture on Facebook with them playing with something in a strainer. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and they're like, uh, they're like, that's the hail. I was like, holy crap, it's like the size of their little fist. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Texas got hit with some big ones. Part part of Texas, we we're, we're reading it on Twitter. Those Yikes. were like the size of a look like a small softball. That's, <laughs> five, that's five inches, insane. Five inches across. Oh, yeah. it's one of those things makes you glad if you have a either a carport or a garage. You yeah. Know? Well, usually when that happens, like all the cars are destroyed. Like right. I went for a walk after that one hailstorm, and it like. Blew out side view mirrors, windows were gone. I, the, the, everything was dented. Like every right. car had dents all over it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was just. I don't. Want, I don't want to deal with any of that. But you yeah, want the... snow? That's close. <laughs> I do want snow. Soft, fluffy snow, though. Not you're, not clumps of hard stuff. You were in the <laughs> wrong part of the the country there to. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've messed up. I've made a lot of bad choices in my life. <laughs> See, I, I lived in in middle Georgia, and we would get a snow like every six years, and it would be literally just enough to put a little white on the ground, and that was it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I imagine South Georgia, what do you get it like every 10, 15 years? <laughs> Something like that. I mean, I can remember it was such a monumental event. It snowed when I was probably four years old wow. and I can remember just making a giant snowball and carrying it in my little red wagon and everybody was like taking pictures and it was front <laughs> page news and we just don't get snow down here. <laughs> they actually let us out of class one day. There was just a little bit of snow and it wasn't even enough to cover the ground, but you can <laughs> see the flakes coming down and they let us out of class to just wander around the school campus to look <laughs> at the snow. I mean, it's that big a deal down here in South Georgia. 
That <laughs> happened to us growing up too. Like it would have a snow and then like the superintendent would freak out and then we wouldn't have school the next day and it'd always be like a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, We're a little Rob, bit more used to snow yeah, here. Yeah, Rob and I are used to snow. Matter <laughs> well, of I'm fact, used to, uh, I'm used to it now. <laughs> we were, Barb, me and Barbara on Facebook and the one thing that Facebook is really good of is keeping a history of like what you did every year, right. like pictures. And uh, it showed like two days ago that we had a, a big snowstorm in May. And I'm like, holy mackerel. <laughs> we <laughs> had like at least 12 inches in May. That's incredible. That's you late. Know, in May, it's 90 degrees and mosquitoes that will carry you off and eat you in their head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we get a little bit of the best of both worlds in Iowa. We get some real nasty, muggy heat. It was around 87 today, and it was it was kind of gross. That's what seems to happen here. It goes from one extreme to the other, where yep. like, you don't have that middle ground where you can just leave doors and windows open and just enjoy it. It's like either cold or it's... It, the, the problem is when we get heat, it's almost always humid. Yeah. So it's just comfortable and sticky. Yeah, we're the same being right off the Mississippi. You get all that humidity. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's the way it is pretty much everywhere in the south that I've been. It just, like, slaps you in the face. Yeah, the the days of the 70s, Rob, is like like two, three days, and then it's gone. It goes straight from 50s to, like, high 70s and low 80s. That's exactly it. It's like, oh, this is so nice. It's 73 degrees. (laughs) For two (laughs) days. For a day and a half. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well the weather's here weird like this morning it said it was 50 degrees but i had to wear a jacket because it was just cold because of the wind so just because no, it's 50 degrees it's like ah, that's i needed a jacket oh yeah <clears throat> but sometimes it's 32 and i don't need a jacket <laughs> so it's, well the wind it, can change things yeah, yeah when it's when it's between like 32 and 55 it's questionable whether you need a jacket or not (laughs) when i was in denver i swear i made it through like three winters with just a hoodie because even when it was cold because it's so dry yeah it's not that bad yeah yeah i had that i had like a dryer i I don't even know how you guys deal with that humidity crap lots of showers miserable it's like you're constantly sweating. It's like uh, yep. if you don't have <laughs> air conditioning, like blasting all the time in your car or in your vehicle, it's like you're drenched. You have well, to take a shower. Better, you could take a shower and leave and have to take another shower immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of times during the summer, I will shower to get ready to go to town. And then I'll go like put my cooler bags in the car and maybe pick up the mail to go mail the mail and by the time i've gone out to the car a couple of times i'm sweaty and could use another shower and i haven't even been anywhere yet <laughs> yeah well just like when i'm in north carolina for heroes con i'll sometimes take three showers i'll, t- I'll <laughs> oh, take yeah. one, one in the morning after the con and then after late night dinner and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it's like three and and most of it's because of the humidity it just it's yeah. muggy all the time although the that last just that just two, makes you consider it. You know? Yeah. Well, the last two, <laughs> the last two heroes, it wasn't you're as comic, muggy. <laughs> you're a Comic Con rebel because most of those people, I don't think, shower all weekend. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 
and usually they're in the elevator with me. <laughs> like, come on, dude. I've already had two showers today. You can have one. Uh, so pretty much all the Comic-Cons are, have been postponed to the end of the year, outright canceled. I think Tampa I know, Bay. I was going to say Tampa Bay's having Let's all go meet up in Tampa Bay on uh, July 10th. You could go. That's I, I've seen like just the hair salons and stuff opening. How many? It's like causing one one person cutting hair cause you could cause a nightmare. Well, I saw those ones that um the pictures that Barba t- uh, posted on Twitter yeah. of like the Ozarks or something like that. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. I saw that. There's there's not there's not a space to squeeze in another person. On a good day, I would not want to be in there, much less with COVID. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And that's the thing that's crazy. Okay, so if this is too much information, I'm sorry. But, like, I was in the bathroom yesterday at Walmart. An employee comes in, the urinal right next to me. You don't do that in good times, much less now. No. You obey the, the distance rule in the urinal. You go there should farthest. be at least one, one empty one in between each person. That's right. Two I mean, stalls and three urinals, and he's got to come stand right on top of me. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with people. I don't either. Yeah, yep. that's bad behavior, even when there's not a pandemic. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, w- I was telling Bill this morning, we were podcasting, and I was saying, all I see, like, when I walk Carly is, I always keep my six-foot distance, but I I see, oh, there's a kid running towards me. That's COVID. Oh, wait, that adult walking towards me. That's COVID. And I just see, like, it's like COVID people, like, walking towards me, and I'm like, no, stay away. Stay away. Right. <laughs> I've got a friend he's the only other person I know who does this but like if we're in the store and we start to go down an aisle and somebody coughs on an aisle we will turn back around and <laughs> skip that aisle for last <laughs> yeah. let, that, let that contamination let be it, carried away by let, somebody else yeah, and that's, gra- that's gravity, without the yeah. pandemic that's right let gravity suck that up and then you'll go down there like five aisles later <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I just try to avoid people, especially sick people, in the best of times. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine just, hey, there's a global pandemic. I'm gonna get right up on you. That's what it's just that's a what lot people of people around here have been doing. A lot of people don't believe it, though. They don't. No, they don't. They don't. Some well, of my coworkers of them... straight up will tell me like, oh, it's not as bad as they say and this and that and the other. I'm like, just because we're not in New York City and we're in a small yeah. uh, urban area, that doesn't mean that it's, it couldn't hit us at some point. It, they, it's because it's so highly contagious. That's why right. they, they, they're being so cautious. If it wasn't as contagious as it is, it would be a lot different. Well, they've it's put just... out so much misinformation when this all started. They originally still said, hey, you still should worry about the flu more than COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't want the flu either, so I'll avoid your ass no matter what. <laughs> oh, Kirk's getting spicy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I had an extra Coke, boys. <laughs> All the rules are off. No, kind cheer, of Coke? no cheer wine, huh? No cheer wine. I'm out of cheer wine right now, and I'm not, uh. not too happy about it. Speaking of products, since we're going to be old men complaining about the weather, um, does anybody know what happened to apple jelly? I cannot find that anywhere. Did they not make apple jelly anymore? Is that not a product in stores? I don't think I've seen apple jelly since like I was a child. I see it all the time here 
and, the only and, place and we can find it is when we go to Kroger, and Kroger's mm. a special treat for us because the closest one's like ninety minutes away. All right, I'm sending somebody ten dollars for uh, a plastic jar of apple jelly because that is straight up. I can't find it, or it's twenty three dollars on Amazon, and I'm not paying that much. That's well, why. I, that's that's why I don't get your wine from Amazon. It's like five oh, times the amount. It's right. insane. So if we if we see any, I'll I'll send you some. All right, man. I'll, I'll, I'll give me give me a PayPal at some point. Now I'll, I'll, I'll pay you for it because <laughs> I've been looking all over. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> Well, Do you uh, have a Kroger near you? No. No. Mm-mm. I'd have to go down to where Mike is and hit a King Supers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Although I haven't seen apple jelly. Do they have apple jelly at King Super Bar? Yeah, she says they do. <coughs> mm. Road trip, Barb. There's $10 in it for you. <laughs> 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> Risk our lives for, for some <laughs> jelly. Hey, no, that'll buy don't. you. That'll buy you a hardcover at DCBS. That's, right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know that uh, um, the uh, first comic, more fun, came out in Treasury size hardcover, and it was ten bucks. I because, saw that. Yeah. yeah, on DCBS it was a it's twenty dollar price tag but dcbs had it for 50 i mean 50 percent so mm. it, that, yeah, it's, I, it's really cool because it's it's like a piece of history that you'll never see elsewhere really right covid has got me back on trades and on dcbs i'll be honest with you so because yeah. uh, i quit using dcbs a few years ago uh to do the piggyback thing with my comic but when they closed down i switched over but man there's dc and marvel trades are so cheap uh, i think i'm yeah. gonna at least stay, stay there just for <laughs> the the trade collections well that's what they have the best deals i mean there there are some places that will offer prices up to that but like if you don't get like me and Rob get the DC bundle, so everything's fifty percent. But it's all your Marvel and DC are forty percent off, right? Cover price. Well, their then, prices and then on your, trades your image, beat Amazon. Yeah, your image is thirty-five, and I, I don't know. It's just like I wouldn't be able to buy nearly as much as I do if it wasn't for those high discounts. Yeah, my comic shop is a flat 35. So um when they're actually, you know, able to take orders, uh they're pretty they're pretty decent because, you know, um they bag and board, which I know Mike you you do your own bag and boarding, but they bag and board and that's included in that, you know, 35% off price. So for me, they're a good deal cuz I don't have to bag and board that stuff. Yeah. And then the across CBS the board, ha- has that, but you have to pay depending on what you choose. Mm-hmm. Like you and you get, could you could get mylar through them, but it, it, that it's already bagged and board, but it's much more expensive than if you just yeah. obviously bought it yourself. Which reminds me, I need to find a box and ship you the magazine size. I'll, I'll try I'll, to do it this weekend because I'm I'll off till some. I'm off till Wednesday. Oh, nice. Yeah, I gotta order some more. I I order them by the thousand, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, probably in the next few weeks, I'm going to have to order some regular, uh, some regular uh, comic book ones. Yeah, that's that's another thing that I like about my comic shop. Like, if you get the weird sized ones, so like um, Sham from uh, who does Sham? 
It's uh, one of the source point press source point. Yeah. yeah. They're golden age size. They come in golden age bags and boards. And yeah. if you order a magazine, they come in a magazine bag and board. So like cool. when, when I order creeps, I just always get it from my comic shop because I, I don't have to worry. Cause I don't buy a lot of magazines. I usually I, get I, that. And, I love that magazine. I, oh, it's I, so I, great. I, I cannot tell you how much that, that brings back so many memories and it's just, it it literally provides you an hour's worth of entertainment of comics. Oh, it's just great for like five. It's like six bucks, right? Isn't it five ninety nine or something? I think like it's five ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I've got two or three issues coming uh, directly from them. I don't know when it's. They shipped it last week, so I'm not sure when it's actually going to arrive. But should should be arriving soon, I would guess. Oh yeah, they're they're. I love it. I love their stuff. It's right in our wheelhouse with like, I mean, you post almost every week, you post something from a Charlton horror comic. Creepy is, is that it's in black and white, but man, the art just pops in that black and white too. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a great magazine. And they they have a nice big fat special at least once a year, and it's only ten dollars, and it's yeah. kind of like the the best of, and it's, it's like really Halloween really time. good. Yep. Usually. And so I'd I'd pick that up too, Rob, if you like it. Yeah. Before the pandemic, they were supposed to launch a second magazine, but but what? it hasn't launched yet. It, it's based on a vampire host, like like an Elvira type vampire woman. Nice. Ooh, I like Elvira. Yeah. <laughs> you got Will Kirk back up. <laughs> I, I figured Kirk would like a blonde vampire. Do they have well, those? Now, now if if uh, if she was blonde, that would be even better. <laughs> I, I am partial to blonde. Uh, <laughs> we know. I would not tell Elvira to stay back from me. She will be allowed in my personal zone. <laughs> She's a beautiful woman, even without makeup. She is incredibly gorgeous. I yeah, she's a I trip would, too. Yeah, she she's very lively too. Like, what are you talking about? I'm sorry, I missed it. Elvira. Elvira. Oh my god! I listened to a podcast where she was being interviewed. Yeah, she is a fascinating woman. Yes, yep. she is. She was out Europe making a name for herself, and well, just basically, you know, doing doing what she could. Uh, for you know, for a living, she was a um, she was a burlesque dancer, I believe, out in Europe. And then when she um, came back here, and they they gave her this Elvira role, uh, you know, on the West Coast. I guess you know every year, like you know, they they just this was a little small little ra- uh, TV station. They didn't have really any money in their budget for raises or whatever. She so she's like, well, don't worry about a raise. But just give me the rights to the Elvira name and character and all yeah, that stuff. That's where she made bank. <laughs> some, some people, business. some people are smart that way. Yeah, very like smart. even Robert Downey Jr. with Avengers, he was like, "Oh, you don't have to pay me this much up front, but you have to pay me shares on how much money this movie makes." <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and he's billionaires now because of it. <laughs> mhm. So yeah, some people think of that stuff up front, and it pays off. Because then she said, you know, a year or so or a couple of years later, the TV station went out of business. But guess what? She still had rights to call herself Elvira and the yeah. character and everything. So she was able to do whatever she, she wanted. She had one of the longest running comic book independents from Claypool. I mean, 
I'm always shocked that Claypool, ha they had like three comics. One was Deadbeats, Elvira, and something else. And they ran a long time. And Deadbeats is still being published, uh, but in a web form. So, I mean, that that's pretty neat that she had the rights to all of that. Plus, she made her, her uh, she went to D.C. for a while, even. Yep. Yeah, the host, they made her the host of House of Mystery. Yeah. Yep. Now, was that a book that it was basically like a, a bunch of uh, what? I never know the right term. Like where basically they had a bunch of old stories like in a in a drawer ready to go because some of that stuff she'll be like, oh, okay, go ahead and do the story, Kane. And then it seems like it's like straight up an old story that they had never published. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I know back in those days they kept a lot of inventory stories, so they probably had a. I would guess they had a good mix of okay, we'll get so and so to do a new one, and then we got this old one by the other guy. Right. We'll draw. We'll just draw two new pages of Elvira to introduce them. Because that's how it would be. It'd be an Elvira story. Elvira story. Then like I don't know, Abel or whoever would pop up, and and they'd have like a page together. Then the next page would be like something that was in House of Secrets, you know, three years ago or something. Right. Yeah. So I, very well could have been. And that yeah, would a, keep the cost down, so they could pay to license the Elvira image too. Right. Mm -hmm. That was a great not, series. Now she's a dynamite. Uh, that's a that's a good series too. I like yeah. I like that guy. What's his name? Uh, David Avalone or yeah. David Avalone? Yeah. The uh, Dynamite's interesting because it's almost like they pay the writer more than they they focus. They pay a lot for the covers, so they get right. like yeah. these. That's high their focus. Is the that's covers. their focus is to get a a really good artist to do the cover. The interiors are sort of ah, eh, they're they're okay. And then they get a really good writer to tell the story. So they like have yep. they really have a good story, but the art maybe doesn't. It's not up to par, but it, it's mm -hmm. serviceable. Uh, right. Some sometimes they have some really good ones, like Jonathan Lau. He's really good, and um, the guy who's I like doing Hellblazer. Yeah, Bob Q is not bad. I, I Bob like Q's him pretty quite decent. A, yeah, he's. I pretty like Bob good. Q a lot. Yeah, and I, I, I've been following him on Twitter for a few years. I liked his work initially, and I feel like he's gotten even better. So yeah. I've, I've I've enjoyed he, his work. He he did a really good run with the Mark Russell stuff. I was um, gonna say, uh, was it those Flash Gordon books? Uh, was it Laming came out of those? Yeah, he did. The, yeah, he did the uh, the Kings. Was it yep. Kings Watch with all of the King King's Quest? King's yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He did good. a fantastic job, and Doc yep. Shaner did the. Like one of the first Flash Gordon miniseries, and he did a fantastic job. So they've had some wonderful artists, but most of the time, yeah. it just they seems to be a fluke. Aaron yeah, Campbell, well, you know, did, Aaron Campbell, did you ever see his work on The Shadow? Oh my god! Yes, yes, he did a great it job is too. So good. But that was the Garth Ennis Shadow. It was. It was unfortunately, amazing. most of the artists are like, eh. That's because their pay rate is is lower. I'm sure it is. I'm I'm sure it's. Not I imagine what, they make their name there and then they get out of there. Yeah, I think that's what uh, Doc Shaner did. Was he got a lot of attention from Flash Gordon and then started doing work for DC. Yeah. yeah. He's got a real pulpy look to him. Yeah, I like his style. 
Yeah, I like too. his stuff uh, a lot. It, 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 he he and Chris Somney have kind of a similar style to me, and I I just absolutely love both of them. I think Shaner though has like a retro, like he's he's sort of a a guy in the wrong decade, but it's it's awesome looking. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it I looks... think, if, I think if he had worked in in a previous decade, we'd be talking about oh man, he's a legend. Whereas now it's harder for them to get yeah, the attention. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think the, when he was doing that Hanna Barbera stuff, that was such a good fit for him because he, he's got that kind of clean, uh, you know, almost cartoon look. But like their action stuff, like you know, right. the the Harvey Birdman and uh, and the Johnny Quest, he, he he does a real clean animated style that looks really good on those kind of books. Yeah, see for that sure. we, we we talked about how you can get away with Judge Dredd because he was at DC. You could get away with Johnny Quest too. Because Johnny Quest was a DC. Yeah, I I got a little uh, Warner Brothers coming up tonight. (laughs) I do love me some Warner Brothers. I'll be right back. I'm going to step away for about one minute and just grab some more uh, iced tea. We're we're timing you, Rob. Okay, start One minute. (laughs) Did any of y'all ever go to the Warner Brothers studio stores when they had those? Yeah, I used to love them because they'd have cell animations and they had right. those they had those Alex Ross plates. I bought a couple of them. They were, you know, like collectors plates. I had the, I think I, I had, moved <clears throat> I have the Flash for running with Superman and I have a plate of the whole Justice League that Alex Ross did. Back. Yeah, I think I moved to Atlanta right it. when that was closing <laughs> down, so I never got to go to one. Mm. I didn't cool. know they were closing and, and it haunts me that I wonder if I missed out on some amazing deals especially on the animation art and lithographs they had that's what I heard that they were that they were getting it out of there and that was cheap because I would get, anytime my wife and I traveled and back then before before I had my two kids we traveled a lot and we would always go to the mall and check for that because even she enjoyed looking at some of that stuff and I would just drool over some of the lithographs and animation cells. And some of that stuff was, I remember one of them that I liked was $800. There was yeah. no way I could pay $800 for anything. And they have so all, they then have... I'm like, I wonder if they had marked that down to half price and I could have gotten it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, those were neat. I, I liked the Looney Tunes cells and stuff because Looney yeah, that's Tunes. mostly what I was looking at. <clears throat> I I love Looney Tunes. Like I, I was telling Barb, we were just sitting there ranking our our Looney Tunes, and I say Yosemite Sam is at the top for me because he just gets pissed off, and the more oh, yeah. he gets the more he gets pissed off, the worse shape he's in. Like the angrier he gets, he's gonna be falling <laughs> soon or shot or something. <laughs> it's like. I, I love that. I, all of my favorite Looney Tunes are sort of the the characters that have a bum rap, like Coyote. I love Coyote. Wiley's yeah, my favorite. He's probably my favorite. Wiley, Wiley and his little Acme uh, supply box that he gets shipped in UPS every every episode <laughs> to try <laughs> to take out the Roadrunner. I I love I love him. I even love him when he's against the dog, the sheep dog. Oh yeah, where they're yeah. punching in. Yeah, nope. Sam and Ralph. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It's 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 really cool. I, I I dig I dig the Looney Tunes characters, but those my, are my, those my are my favorite. Worked at, 
No, go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. I interrupted. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead, Rob. Oh, I was just going to say that my wife worked at the Warner Brothers Studio Store here <gasps> in, in Buffalo. Oh, I remember I've, this story. Oh, my God. I love it. So I have, we have a Jetsons um, lithograph thing. We have a Marvin the Martian one. I've got a bunch of, uh, more than one Daffy Duck, because that's, he's my favorite character. I that's guess Barb's that favorite. Of, uh, Daffy's oh, really? Bar- Bar- I love Daffy. A Barb loves Daffy Daffy's definitely in my top four for sure. That, that's my that's my guy. I um I I sent you guys a picture of the uh, Flash and Superman animated cell um of them racing, um, in on Twitter. Uh, when they started closing the stores, like you could, uh, she was able to get these for like dirt cheap. We were I'm, I'm talking like like a hundred like fifty dollars a hundred bucks. Um. But yeah, I got, I'm gonna of, go crap. I got a ton of the Alex Ross, um, like actual like paintings. Yeah. I mean, they're not original, like a one of a kind painting, but they're they're the ones that that went through the um, Warner Brothers Studio stores and stuff. I've got the Crisis one and got the the one of all the Seven Justice League. Uh, I, we we absolutely loved that store. I was devastated when that store closed. Well, not not just that. Tell them the story about the Legion. They haven't heard it. Legion? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, uh, the artist at the time, I don't remember who it was, but I think he lived in Toronto. And they would have people come and uh, to the store, sometimes as guests, but a lot of times, like these were, you know, comic book fans as, as actual creators. And they would stop, go, go down there and, and check out the gallery in the back and, and look at the different different things. And my wife at the time was the assistant um, gallery um, supervisor, and so she, her, and and the the main uh, gallery uh, manager uh, got to know like a couple of the the artists for the post um, zero hour legionnaires, and uh, they actually wrote them in uh, to one of the comic books. Nice, they, like some what. Science, <laughs> least uh lab technicians or something like that and uh they they each were given uh the, the artist came came afterwards and and actually actually gave them each a page with you know with them on it very like, cool art art page yeah so i've got that and they uh we, we you know grabbed the actual copy of the of that issue of the comic book and had them sign it and stuff it's super super cool that's that that's really cool. cool yeah it was awesome so I was very excited that you know my future wife was working at <laughs> where comic book creators were coming by and doing these types of things. That's I'm 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 insanely jealous at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't have anything like that. The 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 closest thing is uh, I I used to get my wife to get most of the autographs when we went to Heroes Con, uh-huh. and she was in line for George Perez to get something signed. And I don't know if you know this about George, but he likes the ladies. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. He's, George he's, likes he's, the ladies. He's, he's known for having like seven Wonder Women next to him all the time. <laughs> and she got, I don't know, she wasn't even in, at the head of the line yet, maybe third in line. And he was like, hey, who are you? <laughs> and she was like, I've, you know, why do you want to know? Because she thinks all those comic people are just weirdos. Yeah. And here's this guy screaming at her, who are you? And he's like, you want to you be in my comic? And she's like, uh, no, that's okay. 
And I what? and and I'm like at the table next to them digging through a box. And I'm like, yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> so she, I talked her into it, and he based a character in his Crimson Plague book on her, but she, her issue never got published. She was going to be uh-huh. in like the third or fourth issue. You're and, kidding me. And we had to send him like modeling photos of her, like making different faces, like crying and screaming. And so he was going to use photo reference and stuff, but, uh, he, Oh, it, it just breaks my heart that, that she didn't get to be in it. She didn't care, but I was like, my wife's going to be in a comic book. That's oh better God, than a no prize. Screw you top dog. <laughs> Sending him like reference photos and stuff like that. That is incredible. Yeah, and the whole time she's like, "Are you sure this isn't just some weirdo thing?" It's like, "Look, he's a legend. Just, just That's, go with this." Mike knows that he's my he's my favorite uh, comic book artist. Yeah, there's um, I, I want to say maybe it's the Pace Setter magazine where there's a there's a rough pencil page with her in it. She she dies. She's gonna die. I, I think all the women die except for the main character. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was like, "That that was gonna be you." It's like crap. Uh, it's like a brush with greatness. Yes, exactly. But it's funny because for years afterwards, she he would see her just passing by at the convention because he was a regular at Heroes Gone. He'd be like, "Mindy," and he didn't know me from Adam. I'm like, "I'm the, <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fan of you, George." He's like, Who are you? Did she get some commissions set up for you? No, we, I, at the time I wasn't collecting original art, and I was too stupid to think about you, that. You're, I you were too stupid. You should. You could have taken advantage of that. Like I know, I was believe. a freaking you can, moron. Oh, you, can, can you draw me a head sketch? Can you do me a Sergeant Rock head sketch real quick? And she would have said, "Oh yeah, uh, for you, I would do it real quick." Oh, don't worry about it. Boom, boom, yep, boom. There you go. And then Sergeant yeah, Rock. Oh wait, oh, wait. What God, about an ice cream up. soldier? I'm a real bad <laughs> <laughs> little sure shot. Come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, George, I'll take that Sergeant Rock now. <laughs> Mindy wants After it, that not that me. Do it for Mindy. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, do you want to get started? Yeah, let's get started. Let's All do right. this. Well, we I have to- I have something really short that ties into uh, what we were talking about, Please. so that. We can knock it out real quick, and I can do my main one later. Oh, sounds good. What do you got? All right. So I only did the first uh, story uh, out of the Looney Tunes number 245, and it is a story with Speedy Gonzalez, Roadrunner, and our favorite Wile E. Coyote. Nice. So the the kids have been on like a big kick ever since we saw Scoob, and I'm one of those parents that if they're into something I'm into, I kind of go down the rabbit hole with them. You know, I bring home like the big omnibus of Scooby-Doo that they wanted the other day. And then I'm (laughs) flipping through it. I'm like, man, this is so awesome. Then, of course, I ordered one for me, too. So that's how I work. Anyway, so Roadrunner's got a broken leg. Roadrunner's got a broken leg, and Speedy Gonzalez is in charge of pushing him around in a wheelchair. And, of course, Wiley's getting ready for him. And he gets from Acne. Acme, a, a big wooden box, and it's full of hot coals. And I, I just love this. It's a wooden box with literally burning coals inside of it. <laughs> How does that work? Only in <laughs> cartoons. So Speedy runs through them so fast that uh, they get kind of spewed up in like uh, his trail, and of course they set Wiley on fire. Huh, so uh, Wiley. yeah, he can't get a break. 
so next he decides like, okay, I'll use a mountain lion to catch this mouse. So he has a box mountain lion from Acme. He opens it and the lion, of course, attacks him. So <laughs> he says, okay, I got a mouse. What am I going to do? He lays out mouse traps. So Speedy sneaks up just like and this is one of those things. It's it's fun because you can tell if you ever read these Looney Tunes comics that they really care about like the history of the characters. So Speedy comes up behind him, and in Roadrunner fashion, uh, you know Roadrunner would have snuck up behind Wiley and went beep beep, but uh, Speedy sneaks uh, sneaks up and screams "Arriba, Arriba!" in his ear, and of course Wiley freaks out. He lands on the mouse traps and he gets like twelve of them stuck on him. So he can't catch a break. He gets a wheel of cheese, so he's like, okay, what can I do with this wheel of cheese? I'm going to put it in the road, and I can catch him this way. So he puts the wheel of cheese in the road, and of course it works. Speedy stops because you know he's a cheese freak, and he starts to eat the cheese. But Roadrunner, you know, he's still perfectly capable. There's like jet fire uh, apparently in the back of his wheelchair, so he turns around, shoots that in, the next thing you know, Wiley's on fire. So he holds up a sign, classic style, ouch, just ouch, Ariba, Ariba, beep, beep, and it ends with poor Wiley in the chair. So anyway, just a really, really fun short uh, comic I read with the kids the other day. Is it but, 247, you said? 245. 245. Yep. And I want to remember, cause if anybody remembers this, because I cannot uh, find it, but wasn't there a special? Because I remember being really excited. It was going to be like on a Friday night. It was Wiley's finally going to catch the Roadrunner. Does anybody remember that? I do not. No. Okay. No. I've rooted for that to happen. I want to <laughs> But uh, no, I, I don't remember it ever being announced that it would happen. Oh, I, I swear there was like a cartoon they did. And it, maybe it's one of those. I, but you know what? I thought Clue Club was made up until I finally tracked it down, too. So it's out there somewhere. I swear that uh, they did a special where Wiley finally caught the bird, but I can't remember what in the world he did with him. I'm sure he probably <laughs> let him loose. Yeah, he probably did. I was always the kid who After wanted everything Sylvester been... to eat, uh, Tweety too. Yeah. Yes. I was always rooting for the underdogs. Like uh, Foghorn Leghorn and the dog, they both were pretty much equals. They would. Both yeah, one get would their, get it, then the yeah, other would get would. their shots. They both get their shots in, but he's he's another one of my favorites, Foghorn. Oh, Foghorn. Yeah. Yeah, my son my son's named Henry, so of course he likes Henry the Hawk. So the that's chicken hawk, the chicken he's, hawk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was that was a lot of fun. I I forgot how much fun those comics are because I, I we had like a subscription through the school a few years ago where you would get uh, Scooby Doo team up one month and Looney Tunes. The, the next and I gave most of them uh, of the Looney Tunes one to the boys but I kept the Wiley one because of that and uh, yeah. those are fun books yeah, yeah I started getting them in that the kids bundle DCBS had 50% off nice <clears throat> yeah That's right. they're, they're entertaining I don't have all of them but I started roughly around 234 <clears throat> Well, they're generally really well done. You know, a lot of these books that they say are for kids are just kind of stupid. And, you know, a a book that can be enjoyed by an adult or a child is hard to pull off, but usually they're able to do that. 
Well, you know who writes a lot of them is Sholly Fish. Sholly Fish. And he yep. is yeah, an he's... amazing writer because I, I think you said this before, but he has a passion for like DC and Looney Tunes and Scooby Doo. He and he well, like yeah. he knows so much history and so many obscure things. Like even in Scooby Doo Team Up, there are some obscure references that only like a a hardcore DC <laughs> fan would get. And they're yep. incredibly obscure. And you're like, holy crap, this kid's book writer knows this stuff? And it, right. he, know, he knows his stuff. He's incredible. He's an incredible writer. Yeah, I love the Easter eggs he sneaks into those because I, I remember the magic issue where he's talking about the fella in the trench coat, you know, and that was yeah. his way of kind of saying, yeah, I can't put Constantine in a kid's book. <laughs> Come on, guys. In, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, ma- that magic one is good. It has yeah. every, everybody. It's got some really obscure characters. I think even Sargon's in it. Like, yep, he pulls Sargon out everybody. Is, Sargon That's is a deep in cut it. right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Scooby, like I say, that Omnibus, if y'all run across it, man, pick it up. It's really cheap. It's like fourteen ninety nine, and there's a story in there. I was literally cracking up at work because I was reading it on break, and um, it's this ghost with a bone in his throat, and he's like, don't eat here. I choked on this bone, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's just cracking me up. They had a... Uh, Comixology had a Scooby-Doo free download thing and it had almost every single Scooby-Doo team up they, since the beginning. You could yeah. download them all for free because the, they launched that movie Scoob and that was kind of their way of saying well, you can download all these Scooby-Doo comics yeah. for free. Well, I yeah, think that's a great idea, especially right now during quarantine when everybody's at home trying to keep their kids from driving them crazy. Yeah. <sighs> Right. Comixology's had some great stuff. Like they had uh, uh, those crime doesn't pay. That's how I found that book we were looking at, uh, Kirk. I downloaded the free one, then I found it for seven bucks. I'm like, well, I'm gonna get the physical one too. Yeah, that's a great price for that. Yep. Nice. But I can go again and do my big one, or somebody else can go. Uh, somebody else, and then we'll just rotate around. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I, I could, I could go ahead. Okay. Oh my God. So I don't know. I, I, I went on the DC app and I'm looking for something just a little bit out of the ordinary uh, to read. And I came across because I was just scrolling through enough, but a quarter and I happened to find one, um, black magic. Oh, yes. wow. The Simon and Kirby series. Yeah. yeah th- so that, those it, are re- those are reprints, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, and, and so I'm just learning a lot of this stuff uh, just today. So, well, what is this? You know, it's only nine issues. First of all, the fact that they have, I think they have five of the issues on the app. That they have any of these issues on the app is just amazing to me. You know, yeah, I wouldn't have this, guessed that would be there. No. So in 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 to what like Mike was saying, this was a a, a series by Prize was the name of the comic book company. Uh, also called Black Magic, and that was back in 1950. It was Simon and Kirby. So uh, these are now the first uh, issue number one in our in in comic comic base doesn't note if these are reprints. So I don't know if every single one was a reprint, 
Do you, I don't know if you know, Mike, but I, see, I like, think they are all okay. reprints. But like yeah. most of them are showing as reprints. But let me tell you, these stories—they were just—they were offbeat. They, yeah, I mean, if you think of a, you know, a '50s like horror type comic or whatever with those twists and stuff, that's what they basically are. But they're, <clears throat> but they're Simon and Kirby. So you've got you know a great writer, great artist, and. They're just a little bit, di- a little bit different than than the usual like run of the mill um, horror stories at the time. And I, I read Black Magic number one, and and I was like really really impressed. So um, I'll just give a brief synopsis. There's like three stories uh, in this first issue, and then a, a one page uh, pro story. So I'm just gonna I'll just give you a synopsis on those those three stories. Um, so in the first one, uh, the premise is this, um, this young, this young man, uh, not sure how old he is, but, uh, late teens or early twenties, you know, he, li- he, 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 they live out in the country. Uh, his parents are farmers and, uh, he's got an older brother. That's just, I'm sorry, younger brother. That's just, uh, you know, he's, he's very big for his, for his age, but he's very, very simple. He's, he probably has, you know, some sort of mental deficiency. And the kids, um, like when they go into town, the kids like tease him and stuff like that. And, um, this gets Tom, the uh, the simple brothers, uh, the simple um, boy's brother, um, really, really angry and up, upset. And he, like he'll he starts he'll threaten the the children and stuff like that. And, his his uh, simple brother Harry just I mean he as soon as like the teasing's over he, he basically is has already forgotten about it and goes about his own business but um anyhow they always like to go just to get away from people and just to have peace they'll play hide and seek in the small country cemetery and they're doing that on one day when uh, they come home. And it turns out that there's a bunch of other people in the house and they're talking about the fact that, um, like as Tom approaches, he hears, uh, people say that, you know, nobody likes the fact, you know, nobody likes to, to think about having their son locked up, but you have to, com- um, think about the community and so on and so forth. And the mom's like, well, nobody, he wouldn't hurt anyone. And, uh, the, the townspeople are saying, well, you can't watch him every, every minute. And, you know, after what happened today, he could get violent, so on and so forth. So Tom comes walking in and he starts yelling and screaming. And he actually grabs a pitchfork, pitchfork and, and he says, you know, you're not taking my brother. He's, you know, he's not going to hurt anyone. And, and he gets, he's very, very upset. So in his mind, uh, it, it, that night, uh, th- they get the townsfolk to go, but they said they're going to come back the next day after maybe the family has had more time to think about it. So in the middle of the night, um, Tom wakes Harry up and convinces him to go out into the cemetery, but he ends up killing his brother, Her- uh, Harry, um, in an effort to keep him from ever being taken away. So a little bizarre, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how is this better? <laughs> but... What I didn't even, I didn't, I never even got the, the twist until it happened, which is very unusual for these comics, is that when they get, uh, he's out all night, and when he gets home the next day, the town, the town's uh, spokespeople are there again, and 
they start talking and they're like, well, we got to sign the paper. You know, we've got your dad to sign the papers. And like Tom starts laughing because he can't believe that, that they're signing papers for his brother and his brother's, you know, he knows his brother is dead. And of course, what it turns out to be is the entire time they were talking about Tom because he's so violent and he was threatening the children. And now he came right, right out and he killed his own brother. So without me realizing it, without him realizing it, he had overheard them talking about himself, not about Harry. Um, and the last line is kind of good. He's like, uh, the townspeople are like, looks like we've made our move in time. At least it'll be locked up now uh, before he kills someone. And of course, he's already killed his brother. So I, I thought that one was really, really good. The next one is very bizarre. Um, it's called Head of the Family. And uh, I remember the cover for that one, and it freaked me yes, out. That little <laughs> tiny head in the chair. Yeah, the little thing, the big head in the, in the chair. So basically what it is is uh, this, this whole family, um, there's, a, uh, there's an uncle that nobody's allowed to see, apparently. And then all these other um, members of the family that are all cousins or brothers or sisters. And the one um, guy who almost looks like hawkish features or even maybe a devil, devil type feature. But otherwise, he look, I mean, he looks normal. He's, this, he's not like uh, devil colored or anything. He's, he looks, he's the only one that looks halfway decent that he's um, fallen in love with, with a girl from, from the town. And um, he's the only one that goes into town. Everyone else stays behind. There's the little boy looks really weird. Um, the sister looks like she could be like a witch. There's this one big strong guy who's just like real quiet and like just very menacing looking. And um, so they, they talk about the, uh, the, the uncle, uncle Hugo, and that he's the most important of them at all. And Fran and, and his, his girlfriend, Francie, not uh, Hugo's girlfriend, but the, but the young man's girlfriend, Francie isn't allowed to, to see him quite yet. And, uh, basically what, what the premise of this one is, is that, uh, Francie's fallen in love. Of course, uh, her dad doesn't, uh, doesn't want her to have anything to do with that family. Um, after visiting, she decides to go back and try to find out what's so special about uncle Hugo. And what it turns out is that basically all that entire family all kind of like share, I guess, different aspects of one body. So the little boy has like the sharpest senses of all of them. Um, the man that Francie fell in love with, uh, you know, is the only one that can pass for a normal person and, and, and go out, uh, you know, make money for the family. And, um, the big strong one, of course, is like the hands of the family. And then the uncle is <clears throat> pretty much nothing but a huge head. And he's, he's the, the basically the brain of the family. And as the townspeople um, track Francie down and come running in and start shooting, they're shooting the big um, strong guy, but nothing's happening. Um, and the reason being is that he doesn't have any type of internal organs. The, um, the, the young man, uh, the handsomer young man gets in the line of fire and they shoot him and he does have a heart. And that's why he was, he'd fallen in love. And, uh, the sister fell fell over and collapsed as soon as you shot the young man because they shot him into the heart and they all of them died. And like her head actually got crushed and to the point where 
you can see inside her head and it's just hollow, like a hollow eggshell. And then just sitting in the chair is big, big head, uncle Hugo. So they're all, all sharing the same, basically the same soul, if you will, um, all with different organs split amongst them. So that was, that was kind of a weird one, but it was really interesting. And then, uh, the last one was, was pretty cool. It's called the greatest horror of them all. And, uh, <clears throat> there's this um, sanctuary where uh, basically like if you want to think about like freaks from like um, the old freak shows and stuff, they all live in peace. And this one um, man has, has agreed to come and work with a doctor there to, to help out. And he's, he's just a normal, a normal person without any um, oddity. And uh, he's playing cards with a bunch of the um, other, with, with the freaks. And then the, one girl who's supposedly the secretary of the doctor comes and she's beautiful. And, um, you know, he's, he's kind of, he, he's smitten with her and they, uh, they start kissing and, and the doctor, uh, catches, catches them and really, really, um, uh, yells at, at Elena, the, the secretary and, and it, to the puzzlement of, of, of the young man, because he, he doesn't really understand what, why a kiss is such a big deal. And I'm sure you guys can see where this is going, but um, finally, this this young man is his. He's he's being told by the doctor that he's going to have to leave. So the next day, you're going to have to go. Um, this isn't you know it isn't good for uh, for you to be here. You obviously don't care about um, taking care of these people, and you're not good for Elena either. So he wakes up in the middle of the night, grabs his his gun and his coat, and he goes um, down the hall to get Elena and they're going to escape together and he walks into her her room and there's basically like uh, an Elena suit just draped over the couch just an empty suit that looks like like her and he's investigating and he turns it over it's like there's a zipper in the back that you can zip up and stuff and of course Elena has been wearing that to look normal and she's some sort of weird weird like I can't even describe almost like a spider creature. She's mottled and gray and has eight limbs and, uh, has <laughs> not, not that, a good thing for a, a person that doesn't like spiders. Not, no, no, it was, it, it was <laughs> like it either because she starts calling to him, Johnny, don't run from me. I love you. I love you. And, and before he knows what he's doing, he's grabbed, he's grabbed his gun and, and shot her over and over again in the face and uh and said so, and the last last part is uh and even as i watched that hideous face disintegrate into a red ruin i heard myself crying above the roar of the gun i cried for elena whose beauty so odd the freaks but that wasn't true was it they ran because they feared her shunned her because not even they could stand my elena the greatest horror of them all yeah. Man, so, that book sounds amazing. I, I'm yeah. telling you, I I am I want to read all of these now. And and the prize, um, the 1950s prize one went went for a, a while before um, that one got canceled. This the DC one is is only those nine issues. Um, but prize, let's see, what did this run for? It ran this, uh, it ran for 50, like ten years, right? Yeah, 50 yeah. issues. Uh, it looks like it took breaks because um, it looked like it ran yeah, I from. I think it was bi-monthly or every quarter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, 
man, I'm telling you, this was, it was, I don't know if it just hit me the right way this morning or, or what, but I was reading it. it. It didn't even hit me the same as just like a typical, like house of mystery or house of secrets, which as much as I love them, that this one just was even a cut above. I, I really enjoyed reading these stories. Did you, did you love it as much as Mark Hazard, Merck? I liked it even better. Than <laughs> are, are, are you are you sure? Because you're you're our new Merck expert. You're I am. a lover of all Merck. I've read three issues of Mark Hazard. <laughs> I like Mark Hazard. Everyone when they first came out, and I, I won't be purchasing the the uh, the other. Uh, what? What? Man, you got to get on that run. That's you got to good... get on it, man. Yeah. Like when he's at the baseball game and the the I new, the new daddy shows up and he's about to get the fight. He's pulling the coaches and everything else. <laughs> That's classic. Yeah. Welcome to the New Universe podcast. That's right. I love the New Universe. Yeah, me too, man. I didn't even know about the draft and the war before you even. Before oh really? You mentioned it. No, I had no clue. I knew well, the draft. I had never heard of the war either. So I, I read that and stuff, and now I'm reading my Quasar uh, Star Blast 12 issue uh, 12 issue event. That yeah, I have the I have that I have the Star War Brand. and the Draft in my next uh, my comic shop order. I just added one through three of Black Magic to my card. There you go. Yeah. And that's the thing that DC. <laughs> I only have I only have nine. Huh? What I only think? have nine issue nine. Oh, number nine. Yeah, yeah I, I'm telling you. I mean, they're not expensive, I guess, probably because they're all reprints. They're reprints. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. I, I want to get still, at least They're still sort of like double digit, though. Unless well, that's because of the Kirby condition. factor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, your boy gets reader copies, though. I'm getting like the 350 ones and the $2 ones. Yeah, yeah. but that's funny. To just, yeah. They have something to read. These yep. stories are, I mean, I'm telling you, issue number one blew me away. I, I can't re- I'll read these other issues here on the app. I think that, like I said, I think they have the first five, and then I can uh, I pick up the rest. But this was a lot of fun. I remember that cover just scaring the bejeebers out of young <laughs> kid me when I first came across it. The that head, I think it's in a like maybe a wheelchair or yeah, a, a rocking yeah, chair or something. Like, chair, yeah. Meet the head of the family. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, oh no, 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 no! I don't want to meet that guy. Nope, no, thank you. He's got the and tiny little is- legs hanging over the cushion. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm really impressed with them that they even have this on their app at all. Because I mean, talk about there's some surprises. Thing. There really are some surprises. If, yeah, if, you, I, if you poke around enough, there I'm are. Very... Their app is is poor though. Like sometimes you can choose. Oh, I want to read this title, and it takes you to like issue 14, and like issue one through 13 are hidden. But you can find them if you go like that title number one. It's, oh, it's see, weird. I didn't. I, didn't, I, didn't I run into that. that all the time. There's like the issues are there. It's just that if you search by title, they don't show up. Why is that? They show up by title. It just doesn't show all the issues. So like if you clicked on what was I ran across it. I can't remember what I was reading. I, I was reading something. It, it was something recent. I, th- I think it was Wonder Woman. I wanted to. I, I found that box that you told me to read. And yeah. I was I was missing some of the Straczynski run because. Ooh, that's I, good I, stuff. I, 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 I yeah I I'd already read it, 
So I already read two issues, but I wanted to start at the beginning. So I said, I wonder if this is on the app. And then I, I found it, but I had to look. Mm. Yeah. I think both of those apps are kind of weird. Like sometimes if I'm like trying to get out of it, you have to do like crazy backwards <laughs> to yeah. like get back to a search button. And it's ridiculous. I encountered that today when I was going through. And, and, and see, I might be reading it on like, I might watch an episode of Harley on the treadmill and then like, uh, I'm going to read in the cool down part. So mm. I'll try to switch to the comics. And it's so frustrating trying to try to get back Go out back of one forth. section to another one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, now has everyone has everyone signed up for their rewards? I did, but I don't use it real too much. Okay, I, I have not. You gotta I, sign up. I'm reward, already up to like seven hundred points. I could get a T-shirt if I wanted. But aren't the rewards mostly on video? What do you mean? Like you you have to watch movies and oh, TV shows. No, you know what? Watching anything is basically ten points. Reading any comic book is fifteen, but you you do get bonuses. Like, if you read, like, I got a bonus after reading five comic books. I got a bonus after reading, like, or watching, like, three episodes of a series or three different series or whatever. Uh-huh. Constantly getting bonuses. So I'm up to 755 points, and, like, a T-shirt is, like, 600. Um, 1,500 is, like, a little mini Harley uh, animated statue. So I'm, like, nice. for no, I need to get on that. Yeah. Because uh, my son, he'll read, like, 10 in the morning uh, on yeah. the app, so... Yeah, definitely. Get on there. I mean, so I, I don't remember the date in September that this ends. So I, I don't know that this is going to be a permanent thing. But, um, but I mean, it gives you plenty of time to accrue, accrue points. Uh, that's for sure. Very cool. Yeah. Kirk, you want to go next? Sure. I did, uh, I did like Rob where I chose a, an older book. And... This one is The Adventures of Rex the Wonder Dog. Oh, my God. That's the first appearance of Detective Chimp in number four. Well, this is not number four. This is number five. <laughs> That's Cover my holy September, grail. October I've been, I've been... 1952. Now, how did you get that? Do you own this? I own this. Whoa, look at you. Number I bought f- this. I, I had four? the invoice with it, and I bought this ten years ago. And stuck it off to the side, and I was sorting through some stuff yesterday. I said, I think ten years is long enough. It's time to read some Rex. And do you mind? Do you mind saying how much you paid ten years ago? I bought a lot of ten different issues, and I bought the lot because of this issue featuring the cover. And I paid a little over two hundred dollars for all ten issues. I so bet. that's a good deal. I've got somewhere between twenty and twenty-five dollars in each issue, averaged. This is and, number and five. This cover, is number five. Right? It's got a fantastic cover. You just black. missed. You missed Detective Chip by one issue. Well, you got to <laughs> take what you can find. Ah! Right? <laughs> no, that's like that's like my grail. I've been trying to hunt down number four for a long time. Well, if I come across one, I'll let you know. This is a. Uh, it's got a GI in a spotlight with a machine gun fire closing in on him. You can see where it's hit the wall behind him, and it's just about to hit him. He's behind a barbed wire fence with Rex in the foreground barking in the direction of the, the firing enemy, and it says a fighting canine on a top-secret war mission. Wanted, one POW. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, when I saw that one, I had to buy the lot, because I couldn't find a single copy of that issue, so I bought the entire lot, and it's been waiting 10 years for me. 
So our lead story upon which the cover. Wait, 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 wait. What was it? What was in the lot? Did you get six? Because issue six has a tank. I'm going to have to go back and check, but I don't, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back to my hiding spot where I had these hidden. (laughs) Just just that that one didn't make the safe deposit box cut. (laughs) Well, it didn't the last trip I went, but I I had actually hidden these from myself. They were so well hidden. You hid them from yourself. I do that a lot. Of course, the the worst part is where I sit them out to the side thinking I'm going to do something with these in a little while. Uh-huh. And then I don't know where I've put the ones I've set off to the side. <laughs> Rob, if we outlive uh, Kirk, we're going to have to head down there and just start digging. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I guarantee you my wife will be wheeling and dealing. <laughs> <laughs> Get I'm, this shit out of my house and right? I will pay you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just driving up a U-Haul and say I'm here to pick up the stuff. Uh, there you go. Now you're gonna get like throw all that 40, garbage in here. For every Rex the Wonder Dog, there's like forty copies of X Force number one. <laughs> That's okay. No, I, I'm inter- I'm interested in the junk junk that nobody wants. That's what I'm interested in because there's there's a lot of dollar books that are obscure and just bizarre that you have. Oh that yeah, aren't whoever worth, that, aren't, that aren't worth nothing, but to me they're worth gold yeah whoever goes through this when when i'm gone will be like john tar who bought all the issues of john tar Stan- <laughs> stanley the snake what is this crap why does this kid have all these top dogs <laughs> but Man, uh, i need you gotta save that heathcliff crossover you know that's that's some money right there yeah well, that was dog. one of my favorite issues <laughs> Where you combine two two special properties, mm-hmm. but this this issue of Rex, the lead story is is what the cover is based on. Wanted one POW, Colonel Van, a noted tank expert, Mike. He's a tank expert, has been captured by those damn dirty Nazis. Lieutenant Dennis and Rex, the Wonder Dog, hatch a plan to allow themselves to be captured and taken to Lovain. Hello. 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 Is that Heathcliff? This or is, is that Hey, Allie. What's going on? You want to talk some comics? Uh, I, ha- I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? You should always want to look at comic books. Do you like puppies? We're talking about Rex the Wonder Dog. Yeah. You like puppies? Yeah. Yeah, tell us about puppies there. They're, they're cute. They're cute? Yeah. They are cute. Do you take care of puppies? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I bet they love you. Yeah. My puppies <laughs> want you to send me daddy's artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Especially anything that came from Mommy's Warner Brothers Studio Store. <laughs> My puppies would be very happy. Oh, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh now, but if I get a Jetsons lithograph, you're going to be jealous. <laughs> uh, uh, and when, uh, 
Bye. Bye. Have a good night. Sweet dreams. I watched the first Jetsons with the kids today. They had never seen it before. The one where yeah. they get where they meet Rosie. That's a classic. I loved it. I love the Jetsons. Like yeah, me too. It's just timeless humor. That it's another one of those shows I didn't understand that it had been a primetime show and canceled, and there weren't going to be new shows. So every Saturday morning when the new shows started, I was like, why is this the same Jetsons? Right. Where's, my, where's me a new Jetsons? Why is this the same Johnny Quest? Where's my new Johnny Quest? Yeah. Uh, so, sorry for the interruption. Allie wanted to say hello to everyone. Very nice. Uh, Allie, Allie has special... committed to sending me your Jetsons lithograph. Yeah. Oh, shit. Is that what she was saying yeah to? It's a, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a verbal contract, and it's being recorded. <laughs> yep, it, it is. It's recorded. And, oh. and transmitted knowing Mike within 24 hours. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all off track now. <laughs> it's a POW behind barbed wire. Rex comes across the line. He's going to save him. So, so Rex. No, last and I his- heard was a tank. That's what I remember. The the tank expert has been <laughs> captured. Yeah. Rex and his master, Lieutenant Dennis, hatch a plan to allow themselves to be captured so they can be taken to Lovain, the prisoner of war camp. The plan is successful, and the lieutenant is put in the barracks with the other men, while Rex is isolated for retraining so that he can now serve the Third Reich. Well, mm. the Nazis underestimate Rex, and he jumps through a, a, a skylight and escapes his convi- confinement and makes his way to the barracks. Once reunited with his master, the lieutenant, Rex, along with the Colonel Van, replace a troop of three clowns who were scheduled to entertain the Nazis. Rex and the GIs put on a show, and it's very well received. They're they're a talented clown trio. I'm, I don't know how they got an act together so quickly, but maybe they maybe they covered that in basic training how to impersonate a Nazi clown. But uh, under the guise of taking a break from their performance, they sound the air air raid alarm. And as a result, all non-military personnel are ordered off the base, which includes the three clowns. As they're driving away, it is discovered that they are imposters, and they start getting fired upon. uh, They bust through the gates and start making their escape. The lieutenant tries to throw a grenade at the Nazis, but he's wounded. But Rex the Wonder Dog grabs the grenade and drops it off personally onto the machine gun nest. Nice. So Rex takes out some more Nazis, and they are able to make their way back to their own lines. And uh, along the way, Rex has earned a medal. So he's not only the Wonder Dog, he's a hero dog, and now a military decorated dog. Then we have a house ad, which I loved. It had ads for some of the earliest DC War books. It had our our Army at War number two, our All American Men of War number one twenty seven, and Star Spangled War Stories number one thirty two. So those were some early books. So this this came out right at the start of DC's war line. Our second tale focuses on vaudeville performer Lou Palmer and his trained kangaroo Luna, <laughs> in the saga of Lena. Excuse me, and the saga of Leaping Lena. Real quick. Lou, so, so is is it always animals as the backup? If this is where Detective Chimp came from, and you got a kangaroo in this one, 
I don't have a lot of experience with Rex to tell you what what, <laughs> what is normal. Okay. I mean, it took me ten years to read this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> just seems like a theme. You got the monkey in the one and the, the kangaroo in the next. What right. I love is Rex can't speak to English, but you can read Rex's thoughts, and the animals can <laughs> communicate to each other, and you can read the thought balloons. Like my master's not happy. Let's kill Nazis. You know, so. The animals can communicate, and they have a skill at communicating to people, but they can't use English. Right. But uh, Lou and Lena were successful vaudeville performers, but as vaudeville died off, they fell on hard times. Lou decided it was time to retire. Unfortunately, the old actor's home, and that's the name of the place, is the old actor's home, (laughs) has a strict no-animals policy. So since they couldn't stay together... Lou decided to come up with another plan. So the pair take a job. Now, the pair now, this includes the kangaroo, take a job at the Mayfair restaurant washing dishes. One day, some crooks decide to rob the place and pull a gun on Miss Amy, the cashier. Lou is upset by this and tries to stop them. But as the caption says in the book, he is brutally struck down and pistol whipped. Oh, my gosh. In In a raging fury, Leap and Lena sprang to battle. She starts whooping up on the crooks, and then they take off in their car. Lena is not one to give up and jumps on the roof of the car. They start driving recklessly, trying to shake her off, and they take a turn too fast. And she comes up with the idea where while they're on two wheels taking this turn, she will use her powerful legs to throw the car off balance. And she leaps to safety and and in the process manages to flip the car, stopping the crooks' escape. KXB Network comes to interview Lou and Lena. Lou's kind of clueless, and he almost misses his chance to be a star. But Lena begins to perform and juggles in the background and and catches the the network's eye. KXB signs the duo to a five-year TV contract. Lou donates $5,000 to the aforementioned old actor's home on the condition that they begin accepting animals. Then there's a a lovely ad for Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic ad. It's your hair's best friend. And I'm I'm reminded of being a Dapper Dan man and uh, amused by the ad. There's a you should, a two- you, should, you, should, you should see if you could get some of that. Yeah. Well, I'll check Amazon after we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if I'm, I'm sure that get, I will be a right spiffy young man. If, right. you, if you can get some, bring it to Heroes with you. We'll all wear it. Okay. <laughs> There's a, a two-page spread for Canine Corner giving us details on different breeds of dogs. I found that rather boring. There's a text piece on the Hounds Round, which I decided I'm not even going to read that crap. And without my without my cool pictures, I didn't want to read it. So our final story of the issue is Rex and the Dog Nappers of Ridge Park. Now, Rex suddenly has a completely different master. He's not in the Army anymore. I don't know what happened to the lieutenant. Okay, but Danny... t- I, I'm, I'm really curious, so I'm going to ask this question and interrupt you. So okay. I, I've been browsing covers while you were talking, and it seems like the first ten issues are, are sort of World War II. Um. Is this backup? Like, can you tell from like any of the backgrounds what time frame that Rex was in in this in the second story? Is he still in the forties? No, it looks like the backup stories are set in what was then modern day, which is nineteen fifty-two. 
Oh, and wow. the, the lead story, which is based on the cover image, he was in the army. So maybe this is maybe this is Rex's after army life. There's no explanation. Well, it'd probably be Rex's, got a, Rex's you know, son. <laughs> maybe maybe uh a dog maybe that Rex's size master was killed has, in the in battle. Yeah, a dog that size has what twelve years in them usually, because he he's he is like a uh, what is Rex? I don't know. He, he like, looks like Pooch from the from the losers in our fighting forces. He looks just like what Pooch came to look like. He looks so like just, the dog from F Troop, except he's, with all white. He's a good-sized puppy dog. Yeah. So like Danny Dennis's wealthy neighbor, Mrs. Norton, leaves her dog, Beauty, who looks like Lady from Lady and the Tramp, in the care of Danny and Rex the Wonder Dog. Rex is sent to run with Beauty to get her exercise in, and dog nappers come out of hiding. Rex tries to fight them off, and they manage to take Beauty away. They beat Rex. with, They hit him on the head. They, they kick him. And they hit him with his car. Somehow, Rex survives and goes back to Danny and manages to explain in dog language and, and pawing at the ground what has happened. Danny realizes that Rex is showing him tire tracks, so obviously Beauty was dog-napped and taken away in the car. The police are notified, and Danny and Rex go riding with one of the policemen to look around for the thieves. Rex spots one and leaps from the car. He runs in the store after the, the scumbag and starts attacking him. The guy gets away, and the policeman pursues him. And Rex decides he's going to go the other way and track where he came from because he can still s- smell his scent. He finds the crook's hat at hideout and frees Beauty. Unfortunately, Beauty is not able to leap over the fence as Rex did, so he starts trying to dig an escape tunnel under the fence. The crooks spot Rex trying to help. Beauty escape, and they start shooting at him. Thankfully, they miss Rex. It's not Rex's first time under fire. And Rex goes and frees some other dogs from the kennels. So all the dogs gang gang up on the crooks, and they decide to lock themselves in one of the large cages to, to get away from the dogs. As they do this, the cops show up with the first guy who had rolled over on his, his buddies because, you know, criminals are a dishonest lot and have no honor and will turn on each other. Mm-hmm. And Beauty is now friends with Rex, and their relationship is approved by Danny. And that's the end of Rex the Wonder Dog, number five, from 1952. I did enjoy the World War II action, but I'm not sure that I would spend a fortune trying to complete my Rex the Wonder Dog complete set. So I got some answers. Uh, it looks like he is super smart because he was a test subject for a super soldier formula during World War II. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. There's that. His brother is Pooch. So that's well, what they look alike. I would explain it. They're litter mates. He is a white German shepherd. And the reason he lasted so long is him and Bubbo were on a journey together one day and found the Fountain of Youth. And that's why Detective Chip and him are still a kicking today. So Detective Chimp's name is Bobo? Yep. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So that's why they're both a, a, a part of Shadow. I think Rex showed up in Shadow Pack, didn't he? Back in uh, the back in maybe? the uh, the aughts. Anyway, so yeah, that's why they're 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 still around. 
If only Pooch had gotten it to sip from the fountain. No. They killed him off at Crisis, didn't they? Yeah, well, they had their own Losers special, but yeah, it was a result of Crisis where they killed him off. And then Darwin Cook retold the death of the Losers in the New Frontier. Yeah, I, I just liked, ordered I that the Darwin other day. I need better. to read that. I've only read parts of New Frontier. I have like some random issues I've picked up. I've never read it front to back, but I ordered that trade the other day. Yeah, it's good. Mike is still looking with eBay right now for a Detective Chimp first. <laughs> he wants that Bobo. I don't blame him. I, I, I like. I, I think the first time I ran across Bobo, other than probably in a Who's Who as a kid, was uh, not Shadow Pact, but that uh, uh, that spinoff that created Shadow Pact. Um, what was that coming out of? Final Crisis, or was it the other one? There was there was a four issue was, miniseries. Wasn't it that Underworld? Shadow Pact. I can't no, remember Underworld what it was. was. 90s. Yeah, it was. It was either Final Crisis or the one right before it, because um, it was they were fighting the Spectre or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a four-issue was... series. I don't remember what it was that launched it. Yeah, that's when I fell in love with Detective Chimp. Well, there was a God. It was about ten years ago where I said I'm gonna get. I love Shadow Pact. And I right. said, I, I want to buy the first appearance of every character. Nightshade, uh, Nightmaster, Ragman. Um, Blue Devil Enchantress, was pretty easy. Enchantress, Blue Devil, Detective Chimp. And that's the only one I'm missing is the first appearance of Detective Chimp. <laughs> I have the rest of them. And it, I, I look, a matter of fact, when you were talking, you... Kirk said what I was doing. I was looking for eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, w- I was trying, and sure enough, I every time I look, I can't find that book. I've looked at cons. I've looked at everything. That, the only time I've ever found it, anything close, was coverless, and I just couldn't do it. How much do they want for a coverless copy? I don't know. It was like $40 or something like that. Day of Vengeance was the name of the miniseries. Yeah, yeah. That was that was good stuff. Well, my choice, I uh, picked almost like an hour before the episode. Hmm. I uh, I was either going to do Jonah Hex because I've been on this Jonah Hex kick. And I said, you know what? I've been digging Lost in Space so much. I think I'm going to go sci-fi. And then I was like, should I do a Judge Dredd? I was very tempted. But uh, I found Sonic Disruptors, and I've never read this thing before. I have never read it either. And I've read it, issue. I've read issue one. Yeah. It it blew my mind on how relevant it is to today's world. This was 1987, and it's so political. It's about a satellite in space, <clears throat> and they basically are broadcasting what they believe is the truth and the politics and the fact that. The people that are against the government are gone missing. They're taking key government people out. Uh, the military's in charge. There's a racial military guy in charge that happened when a woman became president. This That's just such a weird thing. So a woman became president, and then he took down the government and took control. And uh, he's he is very much about borders, interesting enough. He needs to board out everything. He's against gays. He's against 
he's very racial. He, it is so hard to read because it's so real. It's like blam, blam, blam in, in today's world. And um, there's this group that broadcasts rock and roll radio from this satellite and they also do politics and this guy wants to take out that satellite he wants to blow this the satellite out of the ground i mean out of the ground out of the sky <laughs> and uh he I, I don't know how they got away with this because they use a property that is well known in tractors john deere and they have a technology that they can launch into space like a tractor and like pull their satellite out of Earth's orbit. So that's their plan. They want to do that. And they're after a woman. Um, her name is uh, Kate Strait. And she's on the ground helping them broadcast messages. They, The government raids that facility, slaughters everybody, and then tries to f find her, but she escapes. So they're after her the entire time, and she gets a hold of the people on the satellite, and they're like, well, we can we can bring you up here and save your life. And they, they end up bringing her up to the satellite and turn her, turning her into a DJ. So she has her own, like, radio show. And the government has this John Deere, and they're going to launch it. And the, the people on the satellite, they say, we have to sort of team up with China in order to stop the United States from launching that John Deere aircraft. Uh, it's sort of like a, a tractor in space that has a pulley that will just like yank their satellite out of Earth's orbit. And they can't blow it up. At, I mean, the first thing you say is, why don't they just blow the satellite up? Well, the satellite's full of nuclear <laughs> items, so the Earth would have huge nuclear radioactive fallout if they try to blow it out, up out of the sky. So that's why they have to use this John Deere tractor thing. And I, I think John Deere is spelled D-E-E-R-E, -E -E, isn't it? It yes. is, yep. Yeah, so it's spelled like verbatim, like like the actual product, which I found very unusual. But it, th this story was incredible and i only own two two issues of it and after we're done recording i'm going to read issue two and then i put the rest of it on my comic shop order because i i want i want to read it and it has ads for stuff that i really liked like there was a uh, robert loring fleming and ernie colon underworld cop uh comic that i read back in the day that was four issues one of my favorites was Wasteland by Del Close and John Ostrander. It was an incredible series. It has ads for The Shadow and Doc Savage. So very pulpy. They were like trying to advertise this to a more mature audience line. And um, I want to I seek out the rest of this stuff because there's stuff that I don't have like uh, Slash Mar Maraud. I don't have that. Although I know uh, on Retro they've talked about it. Um, and then there's the Lords of the Ultra Rome special. I don't have that either. But Is that yeah. the one that's like the spinoff out, uh, out of the Legion? 
the Lords of the Ultra Realm? I don't. Yeah, I know it's so. Pat Broderick art. I don't know where. where I think it that's the Outcasts. Oh, okay. That's the Legion one. Yeah, the thing I remember, Mike, from when I read uh, Sonic Disruptors, and it's kind of also like when I've read other stuff by Mike Barron, like reading some of his Badger issues, is like how much of its time it is. Because while he has obviously got an agenda that cares about human beings and different people of different races, there is verbiage in there that would not fly today. Oh, I, I, I don't even... I would feel uncomfortable reading what I what I read here. Like, <laughs> oh, most like if, definitely. If, I, if this general, like if I took his quote out of here, people could take that as being like hate speak. It, it is so... It right. is so over the top bad, and yeah. and then there's there's another. It's not just that. There was another weird weird. Uh, so there's a there's this guy Shriek. He's kind of like the the lead guy, and then there's Mister C. He kind of like rhymes his stuff on the radio, and I think Mister C is taking the the woman up to the satellite, and he says something like really really bizarre and let, let me see if i could find it it is just the freakiest thing mm-hmm. i i had to read it to barb i was like i can't believe they just said that uh <laughs> he uh he said red ready amber set green let let's go outside uh from one hot political refugee i'm packing a couple thousand illegal songs a case of molson's and a box of kitty porn and I'm like, what the what? fuck? I was yeah. like, what? I, I just can't. And then, she, and then the woman says, "Kitty porn," and he goes, "Just kid, just kidding." But it, it was just weird. That's not something you joke about. Yeah, that's not something you joke about. I was yeah. like, wow, they said that. And then I read like five more pages, and then they have the hate speech. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe the terms he just used. It yeah, used, I remember. Every I remember reading that and being term. like, "Holy crap!" You know, because yeah. yeah, that guy that guy says some stuff. Yeah, you could not repeat that. Mm-mm. It was, it, it was so intriguing to me though. Like it, who would have thought that there's a satellite in space like broadcasting radio against the United States because they've been overcome by a militaristic leader. It's just it's just crazy. The yeah, whole I love concept it. Yeah. of this. Yeah. Well, with that come, let's see. I don't remember when the wall came down. Maybe it was inspired somewhat by like the Radio Free Europe kind of a thing. When uh, they when they did the wall, the Berlin Wall, wasn't that more? Towards that would have been. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This would have been in that era where like they would have been broadcasting, you know, the kind of anti-communism thing that uh, was like on pirate radios and like a. Eastern Europe, right? So maybe it was kind of inspired by What that. year did the wall come down? Do you guys know? I don't remember. I don't remember. It would have been I, I, I remember it was in the 80s, but I don't It was it was under Bush, so it would have been between 88 and 92. So So it's probably after this if this was 87. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I there wonder was, if maybe there, it was inspired there, by that kind of thing. There's an interesting boom book that's going on right now. I can't remember what it's called, but Oh, BB Free. I don't know if you guys read that, but Mm-mm. but it but it's what is about it? it's called B BB Free, and uh, no, I haven't read that one. It's about uh, futuristic radio. 
<laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so the the radio subject came up twice. It, it, it's interesting. And then that, you're gonna watch Pump Up the Volume later. I mm-hmm. love that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. one. I I I dig that movie. I I just don't know where to find it playing. You know, streaming for free. I haven't seen it in like it's been at least a decade since I've seen streaming. Pump Up I thought you were the king of physical media. <laughs> You've betrayed me, Mike. Yeah, I, have. I got pump up on the I got pump up the volume on one of those Christian Slater double disc where it's like the other movie I'll never watch my entire life. I think it was like a bed of roses or something. There is a good hockey one. What was that? It's Marissa Tomei. The Mighty him. Ducks. Untamed, Untamed, Untamed Heart. Heart. I love that movie. I love yeah, that movie. I mean, you throw Marissa me Tomei at any movie and I just like. I can watch over and over again. <laughs> I, I love Marissa yep. Tomei. That's where I got a crush from her was that movie, that and My Cousin Vinny. Yep. Yeah, my, my Cousin, cousin Vinny did it for excellent. me. Oh, my God, she's great in that movie. Yeah. She steals the scene every time she's in it. She's like, you're a I hairdresser? Like you said that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what kills me. She's Aunt May now. You look at this old haggard skeletal woman and, and, and now it's marissa tomei what what is going on in the world <laughs> right i much it's... prefer the older one from from the the first series of movies the sam raimi films yeah yeah because yeah it, that's more my my aunt may it, it's just the way aunt may is and it, she's always been that way and it's just so weird to see like the sexy hot woman is aunt may it's just so yeah. bizarre well you you can certainly understand why Doc Ock took a liking to her, yeah. like Marissa Tomei. That's I mean, right. when Iron Man wants to hook up with Aunt May, we got problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that, that, that's not my Aunt May. <laughs> you're up, Joe, with your, right. your sec book. All right, boss. So we've got a good one today. Uh, I, I was talking about like how I ordered the uh, the the new frontier the other day and i was really debating ordering this trade that just came out i want to say last tuesday but uh with the way covid's been it's hard to tell what actually came out when because some places get dc stuff earlier than others it seems like but uh the first issue special uh trade just came out and i've only ever had just one issue of that and that's the issue i'm going to be covering today and that's first issue special number four um has anybody else ever read any uh, ever read this one, number four? Do y'all know what that is? Oh, I is it Lady watch. Cop? It is Lady Cop. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've read is, Lady Cop, but it's been a long time. That was one this, of the first issues, the first issue special I got because it was the cheapest. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. It's, uh, a v, it's, it's a VD issue. It is a VD issue. <laughs> It's like an advertisement for VD. I mean, there's so many messages in that book. It's it's so much fun to talk about. Well, I'll just say, if you want a perfect evening, grab this and Super Cops by Archie, and you've got the two best cop comics ever published. All right, I so... I, I tried to track down if that character ever showed up again, and it did in Gail Simone's uh, the Power of the Atom. Yeah, yep. the Atom. Yeah, I wish she'd get her own series, but, you know, I, 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 it was not this, to be. This tells you how good that book is. I remember everything. The guy in the boots and under the bed. 
Yeah, that's I, what I, re- I was about to talk about. I remember, <laughs> I remember every panel in that book. That's how good it is. Did, did the VD story speak to you, Mike? Is there something, it did. There's something I, we need to know. <laughs> it spoke to me that I would, I should never get VD. Taught me a lesson. Uh, and, and if you do, make sure that your papa is understanding. But we're getting ahead That's of ourselves. Right. <laughs> so Papa, don't preach. So Liza Warner is under her bed, and her roommates are getting slaughtered in front of her. And the only thing that she really can see while her roommates are getting killed are are these kind of weird-looking boots. They're kind of like white and yellow, but they have like a skull and crossbones on them. So when the officers come by, uh, she's telling the cops about it, and they're like, wow, you got a great eye. You need to become a detective. So she enrolls in the the police academy, and and she decides that she's going to find the killer. So it's got this great scene. She's graduating, and this guy comes screaming. He's like, I flunked out. Now I'm going to flunk you out. And so he's got like a grenade, and he's going to blow up the graduation. So obviously they did a good job not letting this guy become a cop. So he throws the grenade. Uh, Liza grabs it, and she throws it in a trash barrel and saves the graduating class. And that's all just the prelude. Okay, uh-huh. now to the, to the main story uh, called Poisoned Love. And I this love, is I, I love this book so much. Like I, I heart this book. It's just like the best reads that I've I've read in that time frame. <laughs> so there's a there's a teenager on a roof and uh she's being a, it looks like she's about to be sexually attacked by a man. And um Liza goes up there and stops the attack and the girl gets away. Well the attacker has a friend and basically now they're gonna attack Liza. But uh, she kind of like breaks out of it and uh, she like headbutts one and she crotch kicks the other one and uh, she drives uh, she drives them off and uh, they get arrested. And uh, on the way off to jail, one of them screams, you can't bust me for kissing a cop. Well, you know, apparently you can because they just did. Uh, Later, Liza sees the girl on the phone and this is where the VD comes into play. Uh, The girl's being told by her boyfriend that he's got VD. We never get told what, you know, it's kind of just. Was this code approved? It was. This is this is right after the loosening of the code, I guess, you know. Um, but, you know, kind of like uh, I always think of uh, the, the Spidey story, like, you know, we never know what drug they took. But, you know, he took a drug and suddenly he thought he could fly. We don't know what VD <laughs> it is. It's just very generic. But, yeah, I guess this is, you know, after they relax the code a little. So um, she's trying to help the girl. But once again, the girl gets real skittish and runs off. And um, as uh, she's chasing the girl, she runs across this grocery and this grocer comes out. And he's been like stabbed. And this big burly white guy's behind him with a knife. And uh, she's like, drop that knife. And he's like, I'll drop it six inches in your gut. And so he, <laughs> so he, like, he like slices her and she he gets her like he actually cuts her and she's bleeding. But um, he says a bunch of misogynistic stuff that I'm not going to repeat. Uh, and uh, but Liza straight up knocks him out. And then uh, she goes to give CPR to the stab grocer. So, like, Liza's on it. She's pretty awesome. And at the end of the day, she goes to the beach with her boyfriend. And uh, she's making out with her, uh, making out with the boyfriend. And that's where it stops. And then, like, the next page is, like, an ad for, like, uh, are you ashamed that you never graduated? So, I think they were really trying to come up with an action story that would appeal to, 
to males and females because it kind of had, like I say, this ad that was obviously supposed to be targeted towards housewives. And this was still an era, I'm pretty sure, 75, they still had a few romance comics out there. So uh, they were trying to make something I think that would appeal to everybody. And, you know, Kaniger, I, I, I think he did not only the war stuff, but he did uh, he did Wonder Woman and some other like female characters as well. So this kind of was in his wheelhouse. So uh, the next day she's down on a pier and she finally finds the VD girl and she'd been looking for her for three <laughs> days. <laughs> so her her beat obviously is pretty boring and all she's got to do is track down a girl with VD. But uh, <laughs> she finds she finds the VD girl as she uh, takes her to her dad and you know dad's pretty hot at first but then he finally calms down and then um, uh, Liza has this wonderfully impassioned speech where she says, "Take her to the doctor. The fire inside her will be put out." Gross. Oh <laughs> But anyway, so uh, while she's giving her little gross uh, 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 <laughs> thing about uh, the clap or whatever is going on with this child, um, one of the hoodlums from earlier attacks her with like this huge chain, and I'm I'm talking about like from like the Wreckers chain or or, or, or Ghost Rider or something, and um, she like grabs it, she like fix, she flips him into the drink, and of course he can't swim, so not only does she like throw him in, she has to go in and rescue him, and so. Um, the the book ends and you know it's of course Liza pondering I wonder if I'm ever going to find the killer in the boots and of course you know this set up the excellent six issue 1976 series which never happened so that's it we never we never see Liza again till like Mike said I, sometime in the aughts with uh, Gail Simone and the Adam but I, at least she got brought back for like you know a cup of coffee. But it's the, very very cool issue. It's one of my all time favorites. I, I begged Kirk one time as like if if you ever think of la- doing Lady Cop, please don't because I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and it has one of my all time favorite house ads. Uh, and I posted this one the other day, and it's the one with like you had the DC heroes, and it's got you know. The main heroes and Dead Man up on the top. And then it, and it says, you had the horror. And so it has, like, you know, Cain, Abel, the witch, uh, the witches in, like, a swamp thing and maybe Phantom, Stranger. And then now we have the adventure and fantasy. And it's got, like, Justice Inc., Stalker. Claw, Tor, Stalker, Warlord, Beowulf, yeah. and Kong. I don't remember Kong, but yeah, I just, I love that ad and that's, it's just shows you, you know, how great those bronze age DC books were because you you really, they were hitting on all cylinders and really covering like all sorts of genres. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. Does anyone know if when they brought lady cop back and in the Adam was the killer in the boots addressed at all? No, no, I I I was, I I was hoping it was because I was like, why would Gail bring her back if she wouldn't refer to the one issue where 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 it was in? Like that was the whole thing is like she never found like he slaughtered people. Yeah. She she never he never found she never found the guy with the boots. I was hoping he would be the guy with the clap. You know, it, tur- yeah, it, it started did, off. Did as... she address it? Burning when you pee when you have VD. <laughs> That's what I wanted to happen. Is he, it'd be the the boyfriend was the guy who had the VD and Andy was the murderer, and then boom, you could have got two in one. <laughs> That's right. 
it started very action-packed. Like, it was that, and then the bombing of the graduation, and and then it turned into a VD commercial. And I was right. Like, this is the most hilarious thing I have ever read in my life. Like, it, <laughs> it, it is so good. I'm going to have to check this out somehow. Well, man, that trades out, and it's got every single one of. Uh, I don't know if you per, I, you usually do singles, don't you? But that yeah. trade has every the entire series in it that just came out. You know what's interesting from an historical perspective is you know James Robinson steals a lot of history from comics. Well, when he was doing a Superman run, he was putting in Atlas. He was putting in the assassin, codename assassin. All that uh-huh. stuff that he was putting in came from that title. Yeah. First issue special. Mm. And then they had the green, uh, what was the green team that came green out? Team, I think yep. uh, Gail Simone wrote it. They're, 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 I don't know. It's just, it's a it's a fascinating title. Yeah, and you really got the is. Dingbats of Danger Street. That's you know, my you got, favorite yeah. right there. Yeah. The big one is the first appearance of Warlord. That's the... The last issue, I think. I, I'm a huge fan of the Warlord, but nothing compares to the Dingbats of Danger Street for me. That is just, <laughs> it is the goofiest book, and I just love every page of it. <laughs> for me, it's it's Lady Cop. I mean, yeah, there's Warlord I put on a pencil, and then Lady Cop. Lady Cop's yep. right there. I'm with you. Yeah, that's the only one right now on my comicshop.com they don't have in in stock. They've got every other issue of that series except Lady Cop because that's, they know that is the best people, one. That's because people talk about it and it just blows people's mind that that this thing exists. This is like the John Byrne issue where Superman had sex with Big Barda and Darkseid's <laughs> like, "Come on, come on down, Scott. Let's sit down on the couch." And we're going to watch a videotape. I'm going to pop in a videotape. And it's Superman screwing his wife. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell? How did he get away with this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love crazy shit like that. I, I just I just can't believe it exists. <laughs> well, in the Superman one, that, that was all like hinted at, right? They never explicitly said, this happened. Right? They, pretty, they pretty much say it. And it's on the videotape. That's what Darkseid's trying to show is that your wife was in a porn with with Superman. I love that Darkseid's sitting around with VHS. That just makes me happy. <laughs> he wants guys, the anti-life equation and more clamshell VHS. <laughs> guys, Lady Cop is on the app. Yeah. Uh, I think get your points. Are... Get your points, Joe. Yeah. So I, I can read that. You should, and then go on to mycomicshop.com and order a, a 5.5 issue of uh, Super Cops number one from uh, Archie. That is another one that's phenomenal if you nice. don't have it. Not. $4.30. Is that just as funny as this one? Uh, it, I don't think it's quite as funny as this one, but it's it, it's got some stuff in there because it's basically about two real police officers that had like a TV movie made about them. And it, it's good stuff. It's got pimps. It's got bowling. It's got everything. Oh, wow. I see it. And, I it's, gray, it. it's, <laughs> and it's Gray Morrow. I want to so. order this other one, too. Super Cops from Now. It's oh, uh, yeah. Chuck Dixon and Peter Grau. Hey, man, add it all to the cart. 
that can't be too expensive if it's a I now don't, company. I don't, I don't think anybody, and I'll just wait until I get it on my cart and then release the episode. There you go. <laughs> That's how, that's how that's how I play this game. <laughs> yeah, we get first dibs. That's right. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna get that Super Cops too. That does look cool. The the Now series. Yeah, the Now series. I was so I think the first issue has a Dave Dorman cover, and I was super excited about it. But yeah, it and is. I Dave enjoyed Dorman. it. I I enjoyed it, but it wasn't. It didn't live up to the the cover. The cover made me think this is gonna be like a. You know, like a Stallone action movie come to the printed page, but it was a little bit of a letdown. But I enjoyed it. I think you'll like it. But I the don't know dude on the second cover, seventies Super Cops with pimps. Yeah, no, no, it, it can't touch that. Oh, but Super yeah, the, Cops is in stock. That's the Archie one. I'm, I'm all over this. Yeah, right. it's it's good. Man, the the Super this, Cops. This, this, this is the kind of crap that I love. Is when. <laughs> I start discovering stuff that I don't know exists. I just, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, like, I, I didn't know this Super Cops comic existed. Well, those red circle books from the 70s are pretty much top to bottom good. Like, all those horror books they did. Yeah. I, lo- I love the uh, the one that started where you think it's just going to be Sabrina doing the, uh, she does kind of basically like, you know, the Crypt Keeper kind of intros. And then it turns into just a straight horror book after maybe the two or three killing adventures of of Sabrina or something like I, that. Yeah, and like I say, it's it it starts like it's just going to be kind of like silly, and it's got like that Archie, but then it, it turns into Gray Morrow art about three issues in, and it's a straight horror book after that, and that's that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. What is that one called? Uh, was it Chilling Sorcery? What was it called? <laughs> yeah, uh, Adventures of oh, Sorcery, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's another really good one. Um, I did. I do have one of those. There's two of them though. There's the seventy two, seventy four. That's the one. I mean, that's the one we're talking about. The other one is is a collection, Mike. That just recently came out in the past year or so. I I have it, but I haven't read it yet. I think Uh, those are black and white reprints too. I don't think they did them in color. Okay. Yeah. So, Chilling Adventures of Sor in Sorcery, and then it turns into another title. Hold on, I'll give you the title of it. Because it changes titles. Um, uh, where was it? I just saw it. Red Circle Sorcery is what it come, becomes uh, for issues 6 through 11. And that's what I think I have. Man, that cover number 6 is that. awesome. Yeah, I think I've got a couple of the, the later ones, yeah. Yeah. yeah those are, those, some of those are really good. So, yeah. That red circle was fire, and it just didn't last very long. And they keep resuscitating it, and it never does last very long. No. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, it's good stuff. But 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 I think Archie's sort of at fault because they 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 started it off, and I I know there was at least quite a few podcasters at least that were into it, and then they they had like these shipping delays that were crazy, like the shield and the hood and oh my. It, well, it was, shipping, I, it was it was insane. I was I was buying all of those, Mike. All the, they were called Black Circle. Yeah, yeah. Black I Circle. I was buying all of them. The only one that came out regularly, was the Black I think, was Hood. The, yeah, the Black Hood. That's right. And the yeah. Fox had a mini series, and that was only four issues or something. Yeah. But I, I mean, like they the Fox one. Out to to save their life, Hangman. I think never. I don't think all of them ever came out if i'm remembering correctly and the shield took forever it was the female shield yeah 
Yeah, it took forever to come out. Yeah, and look, that's a shame because that was a good book. Like, that it's was got a good issue book. Five in there in in our database, and that never was released. Yeah, never came out. Well, they've had problems with all their books. I mean, the the zombie Archie book has been out for years, but I think Afterlife, they've only had like thirteen yeah. issues. It's halfway through their uh, their Betty R.I.P. Uh, right. Well, so, yeah. That that happened with the Sabrina book too. Is um I don't know how long they were just an issue si- uh, shy of trade number two, and they yeah. could not get that final issue out to get the final trade out. Well, it's because of because, Robert Robert yeah. Acosta becoming the TV guy because he's yeah, driving he's like all the TV. He's, stuff. he's the showrunner. Yeah. There 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 are three Archie shows on TV right now. Yep. <laughs> so it's the Sabrina. Riverdale, and then the other one about Katie the Keen. fashion. Katie Keene, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, so that's what it is. Because I mean, I've I've reached out to Inquirer a couple times, and it's he's just that, that's what he's doing. He's he's doing the the TV stuff. So everything else is falling by the wayside. Well, I'm sure TV pays a whole lot better than writing an Archie comic. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Well, it, it, it pays Archie better too. I mean, they they like, have more interest vested in a, a TV production yeah. than they do in us reading their comics. It's you know, just sadly. such a shame that Afterlife with Archie was. I mean that that was just an incredible book. I, I absolutely loved it. I loved all the variant covers on that because the, they're all horror themed. So I was yep. I was invested in buying multiple covers and everything else, but. I don't know if we'll ever see any more of that stuff. Not unless they let somebody else take over the reins. Uh, I think yeah. we're only going to get like the Jughead, the Hunger, and the Vampironica stuff. Yep. Because um, basically they're like, okay, there's a people want uh, the Archie horror, but we're not willing to let go of this man's vision. So we'll give you Archie horror, just maybe not the one that uh, was originally promised. That's right, and that's exactly what they said too. Is that when he's got time. He'll he'll do more he'll do more of it, but we're not giving that to anyone else. Yeah, that's what I figured. Hmm. I would think they would come up with at least like some kind of, you know, tales of Archie Zombie, something set in that universe, but maybe a diff- a deviation from the original plan just to mm-hmm. have something going out there. But that's a, they, that's a good idea. To be honest with you, that's a real good idea. I don't. I don't know why they don't do something like that because there was a an intense demand for it. Where, where you know, even with multiple covers, they were selling out and commanding a premium shortly after release. Yeah, they had a lot of Peepoy covers that were awesome. Yeah, yeah those were gorgeous. And Afterlight with Archie. Yeah. Yeah, with Frank. <laughs> Frank Abella was doing the main ones, and those yeah. were beautiful. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll. I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't think any of us should. So <laughs> like Sonic Disruptors was never October finished either. <laughs> we'll never know the end to Sonic Disruptors. It ended at issue seven and was supposed to be twelve issues. Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> now Mike Barron might be able to tell you on Twitter what what his plan was for the end, but DC go. won't tell you. <laughs> it said it was such a low seller. I could kind of see it, but. Now that I'm reading it, I I think it was way ahead of its time. Like, it I don't know. There's some there's some things in here that are, I think, phenomenal. <clears throat> Does anybody got anything else? What about our questions? Oh yeah, thank you for yeah. reminding me. 
Now we just have to find them. Do you remember what they are? I remember one had to do with Heather Locklear. I remember. Uh, I uh, vote yes. Heather Locklear, <laughs> you vote yes. Heather Thomas. Heather, <laughs> Heather Thomas. Heather Thomas. Uh, from uh, Fall Guy. Yeah. Yes. There was one about LCSs, like uh, where, like give a shout out to your LCS, kind of a thing. Yeah, I'm Let's see. To Let's see if find. I can find it. I'm not seeing it. Okay, Nick Nick Wetmore of at Nick Wetmore says loved all the V and Hex chatter, chitter chat. Can't wait to go bin diving again. Great episode. Will human fly fit into your pod parameters? Sure, Marvel promoted him as a superhero. But he was more a stunt guy, and it's classic Bill Mantlo. If only Fall Guy was this good. Please cover. Well, we won't be covering that. Yeah, it's because it's Marvel. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> well, we could have our special April, April Fools, Fools episode. Okay, we could wait until next year. Here's our promise, Nick. Next year in April, I'll cover Super Cops, and the guys one of them will cover Human Fly. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. My main I, memory of I'll the human you, fly was that the, the cover blurb said something like, he's real. So there was apparently a guy who did perform stunts like an evil Knievel type. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, it, it was uh, a licensed book yeah. based on this guy. Yeah. Mm. But I would still rather pay you to go see Heather Thomas than anybody dressed up as the human fly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that could the be question? 90 years old right now you, you, you be... talk about the human fly i'll talk about heather thomas and the there fog you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you got you got your super cops <laughs> yeah, i'll do super cops <laughs> i got heather thomas so uh yeah that that that's interesting i have an interesting human fly story and it, it has to do with grading and um so i I ordered the full run of Human Fly, golly, it must have been like 2006, maybe 2005, and it was pristine. I got this I got this nice collection of Human Fly, I opened it up, and I'm like, what the fuck is that smell? Oh, and, and I was like, was the, it smells I know the like story. I didn't know it was gasoline! So I'm like... <laughs> What the fuck did this guy do? Store in the, next to his mower where there's gasoline? Oh, <laughs> it stunk. It smelled horrible. I had to throw it out. Man, let me give you a, a trade secret. Get some bay leaves and try that next time and see if that works. Because that's that's what suck, I do to get. They'll the, suck out smell or what? Uh, they, like if stuff smells, I don't know about gasoline. That one might be out of my. Gasoline's purview. very strong. It, <laughs> that's it was the next it level was problem right there. Yeah. But, like, I know I've gotten some where it smelled like rotten mildew before, like, an old King comic from the 60s and just a couple yeah. of bay leaves uh, in the front and back, uh, and it, it, it killed it off. So, wow. like I say, gasoline, it might be too strong. I don't know about <laughs> that. But just kind of like musk uh, and uh, old old book, old paper smell, it works good on that. Yeah. Yeah, I've never – I was really happy to get it, and then I was like, I, I can't read. I can't read this stuff. It smells like I just <laughs> – Went to go pump gas, and then I just just read them outside hands. next to your lawnmower, and it'll be natural. <laughs> and then yeah, throw it, it into the fire. fire. <laughs> 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 so then the the next question was from Jason from Hawaii. 
So that was Nick Wetmore from the Nerdy Legion podcast. I'll uh, I'll shout out there. He's a good friend of mine. And then Jason from Hawaii was just like a shout out to your LCS. So this will be interesting. I'll start it off. My LCS is DC DCBS, and I love them because they give me the biggest discounts. <laughs> <laughs> and I can get more for what I do. I don't I don't talk to them personally other than I've met Cameron and uh, Christine um, at a convention. I met Christine and talked to her for a long time at the uh, was a Comic Geek Spreak Super Show. They had a booth there and I talked to Christine because we had a bet, an ongoing bet on DC Noise and it was like did anybody order from previews a can of farts beside Keith Knudsen? Because <laughs> we, I remember I had, that. <laughs> I had, I had a bet, and I was like, nobody. I said nobody is gonna order from previews a can of farts. And he goes, well, I did, and yeah, I know you did. I saw the can of farts. He, he had it at Baltimore Comic Con, and he's like, look at, it. I got the, I brought the can of farts with me. And, and uh, I was like, wow, they got it. So I went to I went to Christine and I said, did anybody order this can of farts? And she said, you know what? I, I really don't remember. But she got back to us a month later and she said, yep, no one ordered the can of farts except for Keith. <laughs> uh, I remember that episode. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Keith was Keith is something. <laughs> I'm in the just, same boat with you, Mike. Uh, mine... Right now, I, I I had such a freak out when mycomicshop.com closed down. I'm I'm kind of using three online services right now, and luckily I've only double ordered one book so far. Um, That's good. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, I'm using uh, things from another world because I like the fact that right up until Tuesday you can still get the pre-order price uh, from them, and uh, they'll they'll still send you a monthly shipment. But I, I've gone back to DCBS using them again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them at least for a while because of the the trade discount. But as as you guys know, my my store is mycomicshop.com. Uh, they got a nice flat rate discount. Uh, they bag and board their books, and I can listen to a podcast with my best friends and order the comics that they're covering, put it in the cart, and not have to pay shipping because it will show up in my shipment. So. I'm a big fan of them. They got a great service, great customer service. Any problems I've ever had, they've taken care of me pretty much right away. I haven't written an email except on maybe a weekend where they haven't responded that day. So they're good folks. Yeah, I I I also shop there, but just from a back issue purpose. That's my number one back issue source. And what the one thing that I I love about them, and this I'm going to shout them. But their mid-grade books are way better graded than any other mid-grade book. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to get a VG book, that mm-hmm. that book is in good shape. Like, it, Mike, it, it is I, way better than – it's way better. Like, if you ordered from my comic Mile High a VG book and you compared it to a VG book that MyComicShop.com gave you, they're not – they're a whole grade difference. I agree. I feel safe ordering their VGs. There, yeah. There's been a, I've ordered a G or two that was probably like I don't I don't I wish I'd gone up a grade. But in general, if it's VG, it's a it's a nice book. Yeah. I went ahead and uh, when I was getting that Star Blast uh, whole collection, 
Um, the only one of a uh, number one they had was was a VG, so I just bought it. I, I read it today. I, I can't tell any difference between that and any of the issues that were um, rated as fine. Yeah, it, I, it, it, it looks absolutely fine. Well, and if there's a big flaw on one of their G books or a VG book, like it'll say, like you know, the it's little bit of oxidation on staple it'll say it in the description if it's something like super obvious flaw yeah i mean i, I didn't notice anything it, it, mm. I, i'm 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 you know i i shop with them for back issues um I, i'm like mike in terms of dcbs for the most part um but i do get a handful of um marvel books and a couple other um, books I've been buying for for a while here or there from my actual local comic book shop, uh, Queen City Bookstore. Um, these were like you know issues that I've been collecting all along, and um, so rather than pull um, pull those away from them, I just kept buying them um, from my comic shop, and the rest I get from DCBS. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as is Mike uh, in terms of just the discounts with DCBS. It's, I mean, it's just saving me so much money um, to, to do that. Do you guys do a, like a half price or vintage stock or anything like that? Either one of you half price. What do you mean? Like half price books. Like, do you go to any place to like bend dive other we, than we- a comic book store? We don't have I don't have one in Colorado. Like okay. uh, I don't have any of those what second and Charles, is that what you're right. talking about? That or, sort of thing, yeah. There there was one in New Mexico that it was like Spencer's that had back issues that I would do when I would go visit my mom, but uh my mom and dad, but other than that, we, I don't have any uh, like discount trade place or I wanted to go so bad when I was at Heroes, and I, um, one of my co-hosts, he, he used to be a co-host anyway of, of Geek Brunch with me and Bill, Micah, he lives in North Carolina, and we met, we always go to North Carolina and hang out with them early, so we get there like a Tuesday, and then we stay through Monday, so we were there almost like a whole week, and we were going out to eat and I was like, wow, there's what's the other one. It's not second in Charles, but it's another big one. A big books book a million. Store. Yeah. It's a books a million. That's what and I was, was like, going to say. That's the other place I really go is books. Yeah. A million. And I was like, can we, Barb, I was like, can we go there? Please, please, please. And she's like, <laughs> no, you're, you haven't even gone to the con yet. And you're going to end up with five suitcases full of books and you won't be able to ship it back. And I, so she, she convinced me not to go, but I, I had never been to one of those stores. I can't, I can't imagine the damage I would do because just, that, that, just that's yeah, what just, I was going to say. The place I actually go into it, it, rather than a comic book store, it's probably books a million because they have like uh, used and mark out trades and uh and manga and they you, it's tough to beat their prices like i got like the garth ennis marvel knights uh punisher for you know like eight bucks yeah. it, it, it's it's tough to beat and they have a lot of good stuff they have some f- comics too but it's you know what gets traded in mm-hmm. yeah and i love those trade-ins because some of them are like really obscure stuff i like, found issue one and two of grim fairy tales for a dollar 
That's nice. And that's what I'm saying. You never yeah. know what you're going to get. Yeah. Nice. Well, Kirk? I don't have I don't have a local comic shop. So just like you guys, I do a lot of business with DCBS and my comic shop. But uh, I've got uh, sometimes I get to go down to Tallahassee, and that's not too far from me. And there's a, a shop I really like there called Fallout Comics, and they they have a lot of long boxes of dollar books, which of course I love. And there's a shop in Tuscaloosa, Alabama called Show Nuff Comics, and you can find them on Instagram at s h o n u f f c o m i c s, and they have a great little shop. Lots of bins of back issues, most of the new stuff, lots of supplies, a wonderful dollar section. I really love that shop. I try to go there whenever my wife will let me, whenever we're in town. And of course, if anybody follows me on Twitter, you've heard me sing the praises of Lucky Target Comics. She, <laughs> sure she not only carries all the new stuff, she gets lots of cool older issues, and she has gone out of her way. I know there was a second part to his question about what makes them special. She has gone out of her way to get me not only uh, comic books, but she's gotten me some UK candy where I've thought, hey, that candy bar looks cool. I wish they sold that in America. <laughs> she's got, she has added candy bars to my order. So that's service you won't get from most places. And I hear a they, lot of people. They, go, they do have good candy bars because we have a UK fish uh, restaurant here. Right. And they have UK candy bars and some, there's some really good ones. They've got some delicious stuff, and she got me some a bag of candies called that are Iron Brew soda flavored. There's an artist name of Jason Copland or Copeland, I think is how you, he told me to pronounce it, um, and he's singing the praises of Iron Brew soda all the time. And you know I'm a soda pop junkie, so I was like, well, I want to try that. And she's like, well, I've got, I don't know about the soda, but I can get you the candy. I was like, yes, please. So she, <laughs> well, I think me, Britain's the only place you can still get a Mars bar, isn't it? I'm not sure. You may be right, because I know that our publics used to sell them in the UK. There's a small, small shelf of imported stuff, and they had Mars bars from the UK, and they yep. didn't have them at the checkout like they used to growing up. It's, right. inter it's interesting, though. If you get like a UK Snickers and a UK Milky Way, they're different. Mm -hmm. they, they're, they they're, not like, they're not like the American uh, equivalent names. They're, they taste totally different. They even have different well, ingredients in some cases. Well, if anybody wants to special, she's found me the Commando comics that are only available in in the UK. She's gotten me special issues of those. So if anybody wants to check her out, she's on Twitter at Lucky Target and on Instagram at LuckyTarget.com. Lucky Target Comics. Excuse me, I can't talk anymore. And uh, I, I highly recommend her because she hunts down goofball stuff that only I would like. Hmm. She's found. Uh, there was a Minecraft special magazine that came out, UK only, and she found one for me to give to my kids for Christmas. So, you know, that's just service you're not going to get at most places. Most of the time when I ask a shop for a goofball book, they're like, what? I've got Wolverine. What do you need <laughs> for that? Will she throw in some apple jelly? If, <laughs> you know what? If you ask her, I bet she would do it. <laughs> Tell, tell her Kirk sent you. Say, Little Fat Spencer recommended your services. I'm going to order this box of books. Can you get me some apple jelly from the UK? That and a Mars bar and some Pence issues of Conan. Thank you. Now, the Conan, I guarantee you she could get you, and the, the others probably so. I know we had 
Do you have all the other questions? I know there was one more, Mike. I Did thought, you get I it? Thought I, I thought I got them, but um, if you remember it or can find it, I'll... Well, I found one. It's Chris Pfeiffer. I hope I'm pronouncing oh, that yeah. correctly. He, you know, he's, he's at the one... Cowboy. Yeah, shout out to him. He's the one that gave me issue one of uh, Cat and Mouse by uh, Oh. By well, he Roland. says, what are your I... thoughts on the Fred Hembeck books? Not sure if oh, he I ever destroyed the DC universe, but I assume he ventured into the territory. Always loved his stuff myself. Chris, I am also a huge Fred Hembeck fan, and my first exposure to Fred was in the DC books. He had a strip called Dateline Hembeck, I think was the name of it, that usually ran on the page with Ask the Answer Man and yep. stuff. And yep. I discovered Fred through those and thought he was hilarious, and then, then moved on to finding him in Marvel Age and finding out yeah. he had done a whole bunch of other stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been a fan of Fred since I was probably first learning to read comics in the late 70s. I was going to say, I'm, I'm uh, Fred Hembeck, th that's what I I remember is, you know, when I was young, going to that last page of, of the DC Comics, and they had all those little news articles, and then they always had a, a cartoon, and I always loved reading those. And I, I think remember my... the Marvel Age, too, because it was in every Marvel Age, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think my first Hembeck was also my first Fantastic Four in the Fantastic Four roast. I think that was the first <laughs> I'd ever read either one of them. Yeah, I have that issue. That's hilarious. Just the yeah. comic shop shout out though, I forgot. Ed's Cards and Comics. I I loved going there. The only reason I left, well, I left twice. I moved to DCBS for all indies. Because I was saving a shit ton, and he was missing all kinds of my stuff that was from the back catalog. And then I was there loyal for DC forever until he pulled me aside and said, "I don't know how long, how much longer I'm gonna be running this shop." And I just started thinking, I can't take the chance of missing out issues. So I'm migrating over. It's the only reason I stopped going to my LCS. For, for DC and then I there's another shop here called Heroes and Dragons and he's a really cool guy runs a really clean and nice shop um, he's also going to Lunar for his DC books and he's happy as hell because he's never seen a package packed so well he said mm. that was his best move ever is moving to Lunar from Diamond because He's getting equivalent stuff at better quality. So, um, but I get from him all my long, my uh, drawer boxes. So he's the only drawer box, official drawer box person in the entire Springs area. So I, because he's the only guy, what I usually do is I go buy 20 boxes from him. And I store them in my storage locker, and as I need them, I bring like three home at a time. So um, I, I really like that place. And then in Parker, I, I just discovered this Hall of Justice place, and that's a fantastic store. So anytime I'm driving up that way through Parker, me and Barb will always stop at that store, and I'll get back issues. And then, of course, Mile High, 
is one of the best stores to visit. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's oh, their incredible. dollar bins are crazy. Oh they're my like, god! As far as I can see dollar bins. It is like bigger and they're than in order. It, it's bigger than a grocery store. I mean, this yeah. is how big that store is. It's it it's is cool. huge. It's I would lose house. my mind in a place like that. I and know. There are so much comics. I lost that my you don't wallet even know in there the last time I was there. It's so big <laughs> that they can put a wrestling ring inside of it and have it during Denver Comic Con. Have, <laughs> have a wrestling match. That's how big that warehouse is. Yep. And that, it's an incredible experience. So if you're ever near that, it's it's worth going to. Going to the dollar bins, buying buying books that you can look at and see. They, they have incredible stuff. And uh, in Boulder, there's Time Warp Comics. And that is a, another awesome well-run store that has great dollar bins and great back issue selections and just just a really well-run store that has a lot of content probably the best indie selection i've i've seen outside of downtown colorado springs downtown colorado springs is is cool too because it's a college area and they tend to have like all the back all the stuff that's in the back catalog so yeah just a couple of shout-outs real quick. Well, they need the shout-out. These are hard times for comic retailers. So Yeah. So if anybody's listening and you're in the area, stop by one of these shops and show them some love. All right. I think we can wrap this one up if you guys are ready, unless you guys have uh, any others. I just want to know if you've ordered the Rex the Wonder Dog with the first detective chimp yet. No, because I, fi- I can't find it. I figured he'd, he'd, make he'd, sure he'd, you, you send us a message when you find a <laughs> when you place that order. Well, support War Books. Make sure that you're buying from Antarctic Press every month. Cat shit one, cat shit one number two comes out on Wednesday. Language, Joe. Language. <laughs> cat shit one is a phenomenal comic. Buy cat shit one. Thank you. <laughs> a matter of fact, that's weird. I was. Th- this is so freaking weird. You're the. This is like deja vu, like times three today. So Barb, earlier today, Barb comes and tells me, you know, Patton Oswalt's talking about cat shit one. And I'm like, yeah. And I and I, I, I moved some books around the kitchen table and I said, look, cat shit one, volume one. You can read it right now, Barb. <laughs> and, then the, and then you mention it. So it's like two people mentioned it in the same day. Uh, it's just ironic. It's just weird. Well, it's it's one of the few war books out there right now, and it's a really good one. So make sure you guys are picking that up. It's good stuff. Antarctic right. has some good books right now. Cat Shit One and Punchline and William the Last are. I all love Punchline. They yeah, are all too. three books that I order every time they show up. Muy bien. So all that's right. it, sir. Si, señor. Si, señor. We could, we could reach us on the Twitter is the best place to get a hold of all of us. Uh, Joe is at Iowa's Joe. Uh, Kirk is at Big Five Army. You can find him at Lucky Comics. <laughs> Lucky Target. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> Target. Lucky Target. Tell her I'll you. And he's always Tell pushing it. Tell her I'll you so I can get another can- candy bar from her. <laughs> he's always pushing it. And I'm always like, but what of the shipping? 
<laughs> I promise once like, you try it, you won't worry anymore. <laughs> I, I buy stuff. My... I've been buying stuff from Canada and the UK since I was a teen. I sent uh, checks to Doug Salipa's Comic World, who used to advertise in the in the back issue backs of the comic books with just tiny print. Thankfully, my eyes were good back then, and he had some crazy stuff. And so uh, I, the I cannot, international that... shipping doesn't doesn't worry me at all. I I so if I retire early, I'm going to your house, and I'm going to help you organize your collection. <laughs> That's what I'm I saying. Would, we need to go in there with three phones with CLZ ready to roll, and we start scanning and typing. <laughs> okay, to get it on a database, and I'm going to know how many what you have of everything. I'd like to know that too. <laughs> I know you would. Yeah, all right, Kirk, I got 28 issues of Top Dog number eight. Is that correct? <laughs> it, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I always remember the steel, the steel issue you have, steel number whatever it is. Steel the Indestructible Man. There was like five copies of that. The same issue. <laughs> Actually, I think it was like ten copies. Yeah. The only one that... I, there, there's a couple issues that I, I run across and I just can't leave them. If it's a, a old Silver Age Hawkman and Adam, I have to get them. If it's an old Defenders, especially around uh, the Sons of the Serpent time frame, I I just have to get them. Like I can't leave them there because they just that Defenders just means so much to me. Like it, I I can't explain it, but. I was so blown away with that story, reading it as a young kid and knowing that there was these white supremacists that were taking out the Hulk. They were taking out, they had captured every one of them and they were like tied up to these serpent things and you, they, then you had like non-Daredevil, like you had Daredevil show up and Son of Satan and Yellow Jacket. I mean, it involved everybody. It was in crazy series. I don't think I've read that one. Now, well, it's now like I'm interested. 20, 23. It, it's ama- I think it's 23. It's amazing. Um, there, it's a three-issue title, but I'd highly recommend it. So good. Let me, let me find out which issue it is. Send me some cover images, and then, then I might remember. One of the Mar- best cover images ever. It's 24. So it starts off at 23 and goes to 25. Marvel, please put out an epic collection of the first few volumes of Defenders. The Essentials is long out of print. Those books are not in print. You need to be printing those instead of all these new Defenders epic collections. Thank you. That's my I, piece. I know Get why they're. Do- I know side. why they're doing it is because they're 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 marching to fill all those in the Marvel Masterworks. <laughs> I know. I really want those uh, early ones to get reprinted, though, because that's the only uh, Defenders Essentials I don't have. And like I say, they don't have it in Epic. Yeah. But it's 24. If you look to the cover, it's got... Well, Nighthawk is one of my favorite characters. He's so weird. I mean, he he was an alcoholic. He he killed his girlfriend driving a car. And and then she turns out not to be dead later on, but's missing an arm. It's it, it's just insane. Valkyrie, Doctor Strange, uh, Hulk. Twist. Valkyrie has VD and gets Doctor yeah. Strange to treat it. 
And now, <laughs> now you know why Valkyrie and Lady Cop are so special to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it was Destroyer that gave it to her because he had the cro- the crossbones and the skull, right? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> I mean, you kn- those bad boys, the ladies love them. <laughs> Oh man, I feel like reading some defenders now. God damn. <laughs> Actually, I do too. I want to go dig and see if I can find any. Five twenty-two through twenty-four. Just read Ooh, those. I do have that one, Mike, because that's in volume two of the Essentials. I got that one, sweet. because yeah. that's 15, right. fifteen through thirty-nine. I can read that one. You you need to read twenty-two through twenty-four. It, it'll just blow your mind. Awesome. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing the lineup that they have that comes like. You see, you see the son of Satan riding his chariot. I mean, coming to help. <laughs> it's right in the description of it, it's saying the best stories in it, and then one of them it says is the son of Satan versus son the sons Sa- of the serpent. Yep. Yeah, it's so great. It's it's awesome. It says it has Yellow Jacket, Daredevil, Bambi, yeah. and a and an elf. Luke Cage. <laughs> it's got everybody. It's great. Sweet. Yeah. So that's not DC, but check out Defenders. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, my favorite Marvel group by a long shot, followed mm-hmm. by the Champions. I like the groups that that are non-traditional. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> oh yeah, man. When I was when I was a kid, my favorite X-Men group was Excalibur. I I used to yeah. love it because they had all those weird adventures. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. You guys have a good. I hope you all have tomorrow off. Does everybody have tomorrow off? I do. Paid, paid day, buddy. All right. Nice. G- good deal. I'm Mr. Well, Mom, I never have a day off. <laughs> <laughs> you got. You got to stock up that toilet paper. Yes, yeah, I right. Get get right on it. Uh, right. It was a pleasure talking to y'all. It was, it was fun and fun uh, as usual. And remember, this episode is respectfully dedicated to Miss Heather Thomas. Give us a call. That's We'd right. We'd love to have you on as a special guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be your fall guy. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't stop looking at that gif. That's one of the gifs. I'm like, oh, wow, God. that that bikini I, is amazing. Even even, <laughs> as, a, even as a young as, as a young man, when that when that show would come on, I wasn't necessarily as interested in the show as in the opening credits. Oh yes, when she those, comes through the door, the little doors. Yep. Yeah, yep. And and that's all I needed to see, and I turn it right off. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the whole it's the whole stuntman thing. Yeah, I got my fix. I'm good till next week. <laughs> I remember one of the first stuntman movies I watched was called The Stuntman. It was like Peter O'Toole and, and Heck somebody yeah. else in it. And the thing I remember is I was my hormones were blazing at that time. And and the stuntman the stuntman crashes through the skylight. And there's just these wo- women everywhere, titties everywhere. <laughs> it's like, wow! And that was the time of VHS where you could just like rewind, bzzz, rewind. I-, I must have seen that one scene like 35 times in a row. <laughs> I was like, this is the most amazing scene ever. The stunt man. <laughs> I'm going to have to look for that on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it ever made its way to Blu-ray. <laughs> I think you might have to go to VHS to track that one down. It could be. Yeah. Well, guys, right. happy Memorial Day. Yeah, have a good Memorial Day. Yep. And uh, take care. Enjoy your families. Yep. Y'all have a good night. All right. Bye. Good, good night, all. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>